You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. Your home for New York sports. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Big Guy Sports Radio Network, your home for New York sports radio. We are live today from 4 to 6 on July 14th, 2020. As usual, I am your host, Jim, along with my co-host, Mac. How are you today, Mac? Well, listen, I'll tell you, Jim, I'm trying to get a car registered during this virus thing. And I'll tell you, it's a process. I used to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And you go there and you wait for a couple hours, you get done. But with this now, I mean, the motor vehicles, you got to make an appointment. There's, you might be able to do AAA. There's, and you're on the computer. And I'll tell you, the computers have made things worse. I used to like the old days when you went in, you filled out a form, you got your stuff done. Now you got a computer telling you a hundred different things to do, and nobody's answering the phone, and they're sending you different spots. It's ridiculous today. The computers have made things harder, Jim. They've made them harder. I don't want to hear nothing about technology. Has made life easier. That's a bunch of nonsense. Well, for some of us, they use computers. It's easier, but for other people, not so much. But I'm not going to the motor vehicle in New Jersey while friends are telling me that it's taking them. You know, they're waiting in line from two o'clock in the morning. There's nothing that important at DMV that I need to wait in line at two o'clock. Oh, my God. I'm so glad my cars have lasted me a long time. I mean, this last, this car I got right now cost me $1,200 eight years ago, still running strong. But I'm telling you right now, man, I hate registering this car. It's a well, great car. I have something that's going to put you in a good news. So we in a good mood. So we have a guest today, as you know. We have a former Giant wide receiver Byron Williams, who played with the Giants from 1983 to 1985. He's coming on in a moment. We're going to talk to him about Parcells, Sims. He also does a lot for the community. He runs an annual football camp. He's been doing that for 25 years. Unfortunately, he didn't get to do it this year because of everything going on. But he's also thrown Super Bowl camps from time to time, and he hopes to do one in Tampa this year. So we're going to bring him on right now and let him talk to us. So Byron, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank uh, you for coming on. Good. Thank you for coming on. I mean, yeah. we talk to the Giants and, you know, even Justin's here. He's a Jet fan. He's tuning in. So uh, <laughs> I'll get right into it. So I got to ask the first question. because This is what everyone probably wants to know because they hear so many crazy stories about the man. But he did win two Super Bowls, so he's always going to be loved in New York. Tell us what it was like playing for Bill Parcells. Well, it was really good. Uh, Parcells was like uh, a father, no nonsense. Uh, from day one, you know exactly what your, what what um, he was expected to be uh, part of the team. Uh, we had a lot of receivers back in during that time that had a special role and specifically roles. Uh, but Bill Parcells, I never forget this. My rookie year, I left my playbook in the uh, hotel, and he let me drive his Mercedes Benz to go get my playbook and. From that point wow. on, I always respected him for, for allowing me to go back and get my playbook. Wow, that's an awesome story there, Byron. That's what I didn't expect from, from you to say about Bill Parcells with everything I've heard about him. And, and no disrespect, he's one of the greatest coaches in history, one of the most colorful coaches in history, an unbe- unbelievable rebuilder. Um, and another thing, too, when, when, when Bill came down, we couldn't believe that he, he, he uh, accepted the job with the Cowboys. And when he got down here in Texas, of course, I live in Texas here in Dallas, um, he, he, he did give me autographs and he, uh, 
gave me some autographed pictures for my uh, annual uh, golf tournament and some of the things I do for the football camp. So Bill was still a player's guy. You know, he, you can always call it on him, and he, he always, you know, just filled the gap and supported the players that played for him. Awesome story. Okay, I got, I got a question for you about your quarterback, Byron. Um, in 1979, he was drafted. They said, Phil, who, where the heck's Moorhead State? And he came in, and he, and he became a leader on that team. And one of the greatest, in my opinion, quarterbacks in Giants history, and, of course, that was your quarterback. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with Phil Sims and what it was like, uh, what kind of leader he was on the field? No doubt. Uh, Phil was our offensive leader as well as, you know, Lawrence was our, Lawrence Taylor was our defensive leader in, along with Harry Carson. But Phil Sims, you know, he took control. He made sure that, uh, all you know, all the receivers knew their plays, their assignment. He's very detailed, and he can drop that ball in there like no other. And um, he was really, really good, uh, very smart guy. And, um, you know, he's just a good leader, and I really appreciated him. Uh, he worked with all the receivers because we, we played multiple receivers back in the 80s. And so he, he was able to, you know, just pinpoint players and their, their talents. Yeah, yeah. I awesome. mean, that's awesome. You, you know, they talk about, for all the talk they have about the defense, you guys had some some talent, uh, you know, catching the ball. I mean, what you get? What was it like playing with the guys like you had Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker? You had McConkey, Bavaro, who a lot of people consider one of the greatest tight ends ever. I mean, you had they talk about defense, defense, but you guys had your own stuff too. I mean, absolutely. We we had every receiver had something special that they could do special. I was I was more of a bigger receiver. I could go down and block, and I could run the coverages off. Of course, Mark and and Phil they they run those circle routes and and um, Lionel Manuel and and those guys you know they they could cut on a dime, and so um, that offense was was special. But one of the things that we did back then we ran the ball probably sixty percent of the time, and then once we started getting these uh, special receivers, you know, not big receivers but receivers that come in and do special things and create mismatches, that's what that's when we really took off as a team, and that's when we started winning games. Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember they, you know, they would talk about the 49ers receiver group, the Washington Redskins receiver group. I mean, they had some great receivers. But you guys were just as effective when called on. You guys made some big plays. Yeah, yeah, and we, we, we really did. You know, we I, I called a 67-yarder and 65-yarder against the Cowboys. And, you know, we, we had Lionel and, and Phil McConkey would catch those special in routes. And we get down inside the 20 in the red zone, they call it. And, you know, we have special plays when we're in those two tight ends sometime, and then we'll hit the running backs out of the backfield. But we, we really had a diversified uh, offense, and that was unique. And, you know, one thing about playing back then, we was in every game. We could have won every game almost, just like the 85 Bears did. But we was really, really close to, to winning more than just those couple of Super Bowl rings. Yeah, yeah. Um, a real question, question for you as you as a receiver. What was your most memorable game as a giant receiver, if you can give us that? Well, probably scoring that touchdown against the Cowboys because, you know, growing up wanting to be a Cowboy and knowing Coach Tom Landry and, and uh, you know, my, my family was diehard Cowboys. And when I scored, you know, they said my mom, my mom jumped over the, over the chairs and stuff. And my family, I'm from a big family. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a really great moment for me to score against the Cowboys and, you know, a 65-yarder and a 62-yarder. And, um, you know, that was really good to, to be able to come back to Texas and, 
and then rub it in their face when in the off season. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you mentioned the running game, uh, Byron. Uh, Maurice Carthon, unbelievable lead blocker. And, right. And Joe Morris was was something special. Can can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about Maurice and and was Joe Morris really that quiet? Joe, he was a sneaky quiet guy for Syracuse, but Joe, I never forget this. I was downfield blocking, and Joe ran up my butt, and I said, "Joe, do you have your eyes open or what? And you're gonna hurt me." But uh, Joe was just—he was hard to bring down because he's so low gravity, low gravity running type running back. But uh, you know, we we had a tremendous type offense, and even when I first got up there, we had Rod Carpenter and Tony Tony Gabbard who catched the ball real well out of the backfield, and uh, so it was very diversified on you know, on our talent, you know. And then they brought in OJ Anderson who came in to be a great addition to our offense. So then um, that and that was what was good, you know. We was able to plug in special talented athletes into our system and uh, create those mismatches and. That's why we were so consistent on being hard to beat during those eighties. I want to add in a side. I'm going to add in a side question. I always do it, Max. Like, what are you doing? But I got to add. <laughs> I got to ask the um the when you're. I don't know. You know, today they kind of light. They kind of let up today on in practice, like who you can hit, how you can hit them. I'm guessing back then they just let you hit guys a lot more in practice than they did today. So I had to ask: Did with the ferocious defense we had back then, did they lay into you guys in practice? Oh man, you just brought back a terrible memory for me. <laughs> I I was running some scout plays against our defense, and I they 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 told me to run a reverse, and so I ran a reverse, and you know I I ran a reverse, and man, Lawrence Taylor knocked my head off, and I said, "Wow, I didn't think you we, we was live," and uh and then then Coach uh, Belichick and those guys said, you know, Lawrence Taylor can do what he want to do. He, he <laughs> He don't play by our rules. He's a, he's a different type of person. So the next time, uh, they call it like three or four plays later, and I got the ball, and I, I, I ran a 428, 425, 423 with my best 40 time. And I got the ball, and I ran that reverse, and I turned the burners on, and then Lawrence Taylor said, damn, this kid can run. So <laughs> that was hey, that was the time I said, man, you better stay, you know, you better stay focused when you run against the defense because – you know, they can light it up. They really can light it up. They don't let you do that today. I don't know who you can hit. <laughs> I don't even practice. Hey, 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 real quick before we get to that next question, Jim. If Lawrence Taylor was chasing me, I'd probably run a 4-2-8-2 right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But but you got to remember, Lawrence can run too. So, yeah. me, that, he was fast. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't see too many people I run Lawrence back in the day uh, as well. He was, he was fast. Greatest defensive player you've ever seen? No doubt, no doubt. Just so talented, man. He can do unbelievable things. I see him jump on, jump over two or three guys at one time, and just unbelievable. Um, once he make his mind up and don't piss him off, and uh, boy, his eyes get so big, you know, you, you in for a fight. <laughs> I, I heard the only one that could control him was Harry Carson. That's all I heard. I mean, he was the only one. Absolutely, absolutely. Harry Carson and him was like. Uh, like you know, just like fine tuned athletes, and I never forget this. Uh, that's when they start calling Bill Parcells tuna. Uh, Harry Carson and, and LT for some reason they were, they just start calling him tuna, and that name stuck with with Bill Parcells, and that's kind of how how that tuna tuna name got started. 
There has to be a reason behind that that we have to find out. Like, you don't just come up with tuna. Like, did he eat tuna sandwiches every day? Something. I mean, there had to be a reason, right? Maybe maybe his stomach. Maybe the middle. I, don't, I, forgot, <laughs> I, I forgot exactly how they did it. But, yeah, they – it, it, we had some we had some fun inside the locker room. We had a lot of laugh. It was like family oriented, you know. And you know, we were just there for each other. It was it was a good time back in the days. Well, it's like the coach told you. Then Taylor could do what he wants. He can probably call the coach whatever he wants to. So it doesn't matter, right? Hey, Lawrence was Lawrence actually one year. Lawrence actually bought North Carolina North Carolina weight room because he he got fined so much in that year. And so the Giants matched the fine, and that's, they paid for the Carolina uh, uh, University of Carolina weight room that was donated by Lawrence Taylor. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that at all, man. I, that's that's crazy. That's great. That's great. So you mentioned to us right before we came on that you you still keep in touch and you've talked to several current Giants recently. So. What's your opinion on the current direction? And what have you, without giving out anybody's name or information, what have you heard about Joe Judge? You know, like. What are they saying about him? Well, he's a young, young, exciting uh, coach. I think he's going to bring some excitement. I think he'll be able to relate to the players as well. I think that's that's the whole movement of the NFL now, bringing in some coaches that can relate to the players on and off the football field. And I think that's, that's what's going to be uh, – they, they're going to be hard to beat. I, I think they're going to be unpredictable. And if they bring that kind of resources into the organization – I think the Giants gonna be in for the for a playoff run. Boy, I hope so. All right, we're we're praying for that, buddy. (laughs) Yes, sir. I mean, listen, just to follow up on that, I mean, not only Joe Judge, but they bring in Garrett, they bring in Colombo, they bring out bring in Coach Spencer from Penn State. They got a new I mean, the whole thing, it looks like to me, Byron, that they all had working relationships. They worked with each other at one time or another during their career, and they know each other. So I'm expecting I'm I may be overhyped because I'm a big fan, but I'm expecting improvements to happen pretty soon. I think so too. You know, like I said, Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchen, all those guys, Mark. Uh, you know, they 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 gonna be some exciting um, resources. I think the talent that they're bringing in, and if we can get the players, you know, to stay focused uh, and and healthy, I, I think the Giants gonna be uh, a exciting team to watch this year. A lot of a lot of former, you know, a lot of head coaching experience now coaching other things. So. Right, exactly. And and stuff like that. Um, Before I ask you about the camp, so so from everyone you talk to, because really it comes down to the defense. I don't know if you're talking a lot of offense or defensive guys or a mix of both. How do you feel about, you know, the defense? I know you played offense, but, I mean, the offense side, you know, you have people who have kind of proven it. You got, you know, Shepard can play. Tate's shown that he could play. Ingram, when he's healthy, is one of the best. And, you know, we all know about Barkley. And Daniel Jones look really good. I think the key to the Giants this year is how they can mold that young defense. And, uh, you know, what have you heard from talking to people? Are they liking the system? Because they looked a little lost at times last year. And hopefully, I think the defense is going to be the key to the whole season. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think uh, that's what I think they, that's what they're going to be focusing on, just improving that defense, the strategy, mixing chemistry, chemistry with the talent that they have, and 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 hopefully you know those those first and second third third year players that they have will be able to add a little bit more um, experience, and uh, I think you know create the mismatches, and I think they'll be all right. We got to be able to penetrate and get some you know get some sacks and so forth, and. Uh, 
But I, I think our schedule going to be pretty tight. It's a pretty tough schedule as well. So uh, defense definitely have to step up this year for the Giants as well as special teams. You hit it on the head, Mac, right? Because we talk about we hoping that Golden comes back just because of the fact that we need that pass rush, you know, 10 and a half sacks last year. And, you know, we're almost to that date where if he doesn't sign somewhere else, he's back with the Giants. So towards the end of the month. All right, well, let me ask you one more thing while we have you. Can you tell everybody, I know you said you get, you're going to do the Super Bowl camps. You didn't get to do the camp this year, obviously. Well, most camps were canceled this year because of everything going on. Can you tell us what you do at the camp and what it's all about and where people can go to learn more about the camp? Yeah, we. I used to have a website called Football Mini Camps, and now I started the bestwishesfoundation.com. But uh, the camps, uh, I, I linked in. I uh, decided to go back to my hometown, and we've been doing camps 25 consecutive years. Uh, I had Division One uh, kids go. Uh, uh, Michael James, one of the campers. I, I had tons of athletes who have been involved with the camps as well as Eric Warfield, Rod Smith, and a lot of guys that grew up in that, that hometown. Uh, so this year, we uh, at the end of the month, we're going to do a virtual uh, a Zoom uh, uh, exercise to keep the kids engaged. We're going to use the NFL uh, matching grant, um, and as well as get the kids some backpacks and some items for back to school as well. Uh, but we also, right now, I'm looking at trying to see an organization called Heads Up to, to do the mental part of it to well, keep the kids physical, keep them active, keep them engaged, and, and also, to, you know, to create leaders uh, on and off the football field because, you know, we got to definitely continue to talk about the education component to, to make sure that they're able to want to go to college and, and get a further education. And, uh, and then we got a component with the ACT and the SAT to, to add in there because that's so important that these kids get college ready. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, and just and just to tell you, me and Byron have spoke before and and I coached youth high school and stuff like that. And and there's nothing like taking a, a team or a bunch of kids and bringing them together and having them work towards a goal and watching them grow and learn and, and, and get better and to, to instruct them in a way that's that's really that's really beneficial to them because they come from a lot of different families and just having them together as one working together. There's no feeling like it in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, we we're grateful that you took some time out of your day and came on and answered some questions. Oh, we're yeah. We talk Giants as much as possible, much to the dismay of the Jets. <laughs> but the uh, we're thank you for taking time out of the day. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to chat with you again. And hopefully yeah. everything with the virus, you know, allows these guys to play and play safely and, you know, allows us to you know, get back into talking football this season. So, and can and you can you give us uh, before you go, Byron? Can you give us the name of, of the dot com, the wishes? Could you give us that name again so we can check it out? Yeah, it's, it's bestwishesfoundation.com. and then I do have at Byron William on Twitter, um, and and then um, basically that 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 would uh, connect you guys with me and and I and what I with you, and I just uh, also put it on my facebook about the big big guy sports radio talk radio and uh, how great you guys are and also you know we just uh sent out the big blast to all the giants fans out there as well excellent, excellent. We appreciate it thank you and we look forward to come back on with us if you have time during this once we get closer to the season and we'll see how the giants are lining up and if uh they can make a playoff run all these guys are yeah. you shows with they put them nine and seven i put them eight and eight so we'll see I, 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 
we gonna put him at least a nine and seven. Now you get get got to get off that eight and eight. Thank <laughs> you. And, and Byron, I'll be I'll be in contact with you again very shortly, my friend. Thank you for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Be safe. Thank you. So that was Byron Williams, uh, former Giants wide receiver. I, I love the story about Parcells. Let him his Mercedes. Like, I, how do I get Parcells' car so I can go for a Now, you never hear that about him. You're here with a hard ass. Yeah. You're a hard ass, could throw at you, know, yell at you. Know, but all of a sudden, when somebody needs something, of course, he did need his playbook. But yeah, you would imagine Par- Parcells would yell at him and scream at him, make an example. He'd just say, I'll oh, take the car. Oh, yeah. Like you, everything you've heard about Parcells, you think if you go tell him, I, I forgot my playbook, Parcells, from the stories you hear, you think you'd be the type of guy, well, guess what? You're not playing this week. Right, right. Because here's the keys to back then. A very expensive car, my Mercedes. Go get it. Yeah, go get it. You know, I saw a special. Not uh, not to not to go sidetrack too much, but I saw a special with uh, Bill Parcells talking about a player who ended up getting very sick and dying of of, of cancer. And this guy was sitting there, and he was actually it, it impacted him so much. This player, and he only played, I think, a year for the Giants. And the name escapes me for a minute, mm-hmm. but. He only played and he had cancer and he ended up passing away. And even when Bill Parcells was talking about it years later, tears were still coming into his eyes. So that's how, how caring this man is. And like Byron said, it's like a father, you know. He cares about you. He's got he's got to discipline you. He's got to make sure that you're, you're you're responsible and stuff like that. But deep down, the man loves you. you know? I don't think my own father would give me his Mercedes. But that's great story. And it's, you know, and as usual, as usual, the big guy sports is bringing on guests, you know, people want to see all the yes, time. Sir. What we do yes, is sir. Them through. Like, yeah. we, got, we got heavyweight champ tomorrow. Yes, sir. Ex-former heavyweight champ Mike Weaver, who won a belt back in 1980, defeating Big John Tate, came back in the 12th round and knocked him out. He was out of the fight and came back out of sure will. Wait till you meet him. You're really going to enjoy it. We're just loaded up the next two weeks, too. We oh, got yeah. heavyweight next week, another heavyweight fighter. We got a Mets beat reporter who does Mets inside work for ESPN, uh, ESPN New York. He's going to start doing some for us as well. He's going to be from the field, Jim, right from the field. Coming live from the field. From yeah. Field. So we got Mets insiders join us. We have a Yankee insider starting next week. We got a Islander insider, Devil insider, Ranger insider. We're just building them all. If I can get, yeah. some, if I can get some love from basketball, we'll be sold. I'm trying. I'm trying. The Jets. We are trying hard with the Jets. I'm telling you, the Jets are hard, man. They're hard. They're like a, I just, I like just, a I, walnut. You can't. I just, it. I just got the address. I talked to the guy who runs the website and the yearbook for the for the Jets. He just gave me the numbers to their PR director and to their head of media, the, the, the head of media. So I just sent out something to them today. Hopefully, I get something back. From you know team. what I should have asked them while we had him here? What's that? I had when Taylor knocked him down. I Taylor had to say something to him. I should have said what he said. He just had to talk trash. There's no way Taylor knocked him down and just walked away. It's just not possible. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, you know they're ripping each other constantly. I mean, you know, yeah, you, you know they're ripping each other. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if a defensive player put in practice put his hands on Barkley? Oh, the coach. Oh, forget it. Hey, uh, like, you, God. <laughs> you know, uh, be, so that was good stuff. I mean. You know, he's got all the giant stuff up. That's what I need to do. I need to relocate my office and create a wall. That's what yeah, I mean. man, you know. 
Definitely. Or I'm just going to get a green screen and make it look like I'm coming live from Brazil or something. Yeah, yeah. get like jungle stuff and trees yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah. let's keep with the Giants theme now. Before I get to all my stuff, you said you had something on the Giants. So play it on me. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, Golden Tate, believe it or not, even though he was suspended eight, eight games last year, mm -hmm. he was rated the second best slot receiver in the league, not just in the conference, in the league. And they based that off of how many catches he had and how many yards. And if you projected it out, he would, if he played the eight games at his average, he would have almost had a thousand yards last year. And that's incredible. Just thinking, we forget how, sorry, forget, but we forget how many, how good Golden Tate really is. I mean, he's been good for a long time and he's going to be even, I think he's still going to have a great year this year too. Well, before we get into all our giant stuff, I do have a couple breaking news for you yeah. that just came out recently. The Chiefs, it turns out, did have money for Chris Jones after all, as they've signed jo Chris Jones, defensive tackle, to a four-year, $85 million deal with $60 million guaranteed. So yeah. after paying Mahomes, they still had some cash. Chris Jones, yeah. all those memes people sent out saying they only had $3 for Chris Jones, you're wrong. They yeah. Sixty million. Guaranteed. They worked it out. They worked it out. I got another one for you. I got another one for you. The Cleveland Browns have signed an extension for defensive end Miles Garrett, five years, one hundred and twenty-five million dollars. So defensive players today are getting paid. But there was one clause in Miles Garrett uh, his contract. Lay it on me. They can't hit anything. Well, yeah. If, if he can't, never ever can he touch another person's uh, helmet. Another person's helmet is off limits. He can't the helmet. It's, his contract is null and void. So there's no – he can't even touch another person. I mean, if he even touches it, Jim, he, he's got to keep his hands below the helmet. All right. Well, and I want to say something before we get into all Giants news, something that I know Mac cares nothing about. Right on. A lot of our listeners care. <laughs> started re releasing the Madden football numbers for the upcoming game. Now, Mac. People take Madden seriously. I know. I know. run a big guy sports Madden football league on the PlayStation 5. This is All right. business. The All right. Giants are getting the shaft. Okay. The Barkley only got an 89. He's the highest giant. While Christian McCaffrey, because the limit for Mac, who doesn't play games, the limit is 99, 100, right. 99. Christian McCaffrey got a 99. And Barkley only got an 89. So I'm just saying – Leonard Williams only got an 80, but that don't surprise me. Sterling Shepard, an 82. So if you're a Giants fan out there, make sure you let Madden know we're getting a little bit of a shaft. I haven't seen Daniel Jones's numbers yet, but I'm curious. So let's report that. I know Mac don't play the games, but we well, – I mean, listen, Kirsten McCaffrey is the only weapon Carolina got. I mean, at least we got a few receivers we can throw to. I don't think Carolina – 74, who are you going to throw to? So I'll explain this to you one day in 30 years in our next life when you're young to care about games again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like, so let's talk about some Giants news, shall we? We'll just take our time and go through some of this stuff. So reports are coming out now. And when they start to come, you kind of know who's a reliable source and who's not a reliable source. And when you start to see reports coming out for people who have covered the Giants for a long time like Rappaport and other people and, you know, don't usually lead you astray. The Giants are probably before the end of the week, Baker will be gone. Yeah. <clears throat> so it looks like Baker is going to be released. Uh, are you surprised? I mean, they tried to, they gave him time. So. No, I, uh, listen, uh, 
after the new evidence came out of the, the, the court, the, the prosecution showed that people actually, they signed, uh, they signed the affidavit saying that they were paid off. There was a direct message from his, from his friend Johnson. Uh, and uh, we saw a video of money being transferred. So, you know, Jim, it's a sad, it's a waste of talent. It's a waste of opportunity. And as I said before, I, I think these college players that we know are going to the pros, they should have some kind of class for them to explain to them that when you're, when you're going to be in a different position in life, you're going to lose some friends and you're going to have friends that are going to. They do that, Mac. I think at the, I think when they go to, I think I'm pretty certain when they go to the camps now, you know, for yeah. the combine that they put them through some kind of classes about, I know they do one about being responsible with your money and a right. But I'm talking about with your friends, Jim, as you know, when you go through life and you do your changes, if you get married, if you have kids, if if you start a new career, if you start a business, all these friends that you had since high school are are it's changed. It's, there's not a, there's no more common uh, commonality. I'm trying to say the word word. You don't have a lot of things in common anymore. Your lives have changed. And and to keep these friends around that are used to hanging out you know, on, uh, at bars or going out to the park and sitting down and are interested in things that no longer really are important in your life, but are still important in theirs. Um, it's hard. It's hard to do because you have a lot of friends that you really care about. But I mean, you've got to learn to change your life. It's a hard thing to do to push on. I know I got married. I lost a lot of friends because they still wanted to go out all the time and party and I couldn't do that anymore. So you lose a lot of a lot of stuff as you progress in life, and some people don't know when to let go. Yeah, Justin asked, did the Giants trade up into the well back? But I feel like that's more because the lawyer is in trouble too. That's like, possible. Yeah, you know, if the lawyer arranged for payoffs, and he's aware of it, and he talked to these people after they've been paid off, you know, he's in trouble too. I mean, that's a lot of trouble. Witness tampering, I would think. Yeah, and he could lose his license, maybe go to jail. And you know another thing, Jim. You know, I went when I was in high school. And I played ball. I had a couple, couple guys I played with that went on to play in the in the pros. Believe it or not, Steve McCallowitz, Paul McCallowitz, uh, They went to play for Seattle. One went to New England, and uh, I played against guys that uh, Bill Romanowski at a Rockville uh, high. I, you heard him outside linebacker. These guys are when they go in high school, they're treated. Uh, different than the, the rest of the kids when they go to when they go to college i mean they're going to college to play football they're not going there to learn they're, they're going mainly there to play football this is what they're recruited for they're treated like royalty again and and they're held up and high you know people look up to them high and when they come to the pros i mean they got to understand this is now no longer high school or college anymore they got to earn their stripes all over again you're not, you're not coming in and you're not Tom Brady right away. You're not, you know, you're not uh, uh, a great running back right away. You've got to earn your stripes. So all that other stuff that you learned or that you were, that you were part of in high school and college is all gone now. And it's hard for them to make that adjustment a lot of times. Yeah. And it's, it's just a very sad situation. I know, I know every, you know, people are upset about, I've seen the post, you know, oh, we spent a first round pick, you know, blame Gettleman. You know, calm down. You can't blame Gettleman. I mean, there have been plenty of players. There a lot. There have been plenty of NFL players currently who came from a bad background or grew up in a bad inner city environment, who went on to college, had a little bit of a question mark about their attitude or whatnot, and came to the pros and worked out perfectly fine. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, 
<clears throat> you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, like it's not Gettleman's fault. He traded up to get a position in need. And you saw how much it was a position in need because the Giants secondary got scorched last year. And a talented, talented player. Didn't even give up a, high, a, a touchdown as a corner. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. You just don't know, you know, some, you know, think about it this way. Ray Lewis, when he had his trouble, he could have, that court case could have easily turned out different. And we wouldn't, you wouldn't even know Ray Lewis after that yeah. Yeah. in the hall of fame where he is. So, you know, stuff happens, you know, I mean, it just, it's one of those things you got to learn that sometimes you want to be loyal to your people, but your entourage is not that important when you go to the pros. You know, just because they stayed with you when you were broke doesn't mean you need to keep them when you're not. I mean, I get it, but, you know, what are they, what value do they bring to your life? You got to ask yourself. And now he has no one to blame but himself. I don't know yeah. why he's out there. I don't even know. I mean, the, the better question they should all be asking is why he's carrying a gun to begin with. Right. Even have a license right. for that gun. I don't know what the state laws are to carry a permit in Florida, but you got to also ask yourself. Where does he live? I mean, he's a giant. Does he live in Florida or does he live somewhere around here? Because if he lives around here, then he transported a gun across state lines to get to Florida, which no matter what Florida's gun laws are, that's a crime right in itself. So, yeah, there's you know, so many. You're right, Jim. There's so many unanswered questions, but there is no way a GM is going to babysit a guy after he drafts him after he's been there for a year. That's not his job. His job is to draft players, to make free agent signings, to, to, to renegotiate contracts, to make sure that's all, all an up and up. That has nothing to do with him. We okay? need to stop making excuses for players and looking for other scapegoats. The right. only, there is no scapegoat here. It's not – here, I see his legal – it was legal. It's not – the it, Gettleman is not the scapegoat here. Okay. You, want, you know, you could sit here and say, oh, Gettleman drafted. Well, Gettleman also got you Daniel Jones. So would you be happier right now with Dwayne Haskins? Because that's who y'all wanted. I mean, don't lie now. I didn't want Haskins. I could show you Facebook. I'll let you scroll my Facebook page. I didn't want Haskins at all. I thought he was terrible. But a lot of you wanted Haskins. And I'm not I'm saying so. What do you do? Give Gettleman credit when it's good, but then when it's bad? No, it doesn't work that way. Gettleman... He's not responsible for Baker's action. Baker's a grown man. Right. Baker's responsible for his action. That's right. Yeah. And, and he can't be running with the crew he ran with back in grammar school. That's, you know, those – unless unless that friend is there all the time with you through thick and thin, that's cool. But let me tell you something. Most times, and I know most people out there know this, when your situation changes, you, your friends change too. Yeah. Now, Gettleman's responsible if he drafts a player who stinks. Right. Gettleman's job is to evaluate the talent <clears throat> and bring them in. But right. he's not responsible if one of the people go nuts. Right. Right. You I mean, mean, you think that back in the day, the guy who drafted, what was his name? Rod Carew or whatever his name is, the guy from the Panthers wide receiver, he knew he'd eventually go on to kill his girlfriend. Do you think, do you think that the Patriots, do you think Belichick knew Aaron Hernandez was going to do that? I mean, you want to talk about a checkered pass. Aaron Hernandez had a way worse checkered pass than Baker. Yeah. And he lived right by me. I mean, yeah. Hey, we're from New Britain. It's just easy to just blame the GM. But when do we start blaming the person? No right. one put the gun in his hand. No one told him to pull it out. No one no told one. him to threaten people. No, no one, one 
no one told him to order another guy to shoot somebody. And no one told him to make $50,000 bets on a game. No one told him to do that yeah. either. That and now he's throwing his whole career away. Yeah, he's going to get cut by the Giants and picked up by someone else because he's going to go to jail. If, unless he, unless his lawyer is right and everyone else is wrong and the FBI or whoever's investigating uh, the, the Florida Department of whatever, unless they're wrong and they don't have this proof, He's going to do some time. And then when he's done doing time, if he gets out and he still has time left to even try to play football, you know, he's going to face a suspension as soon as he comes back, which is going to be years from now. And then on top of that, he didn't have a great year last year. Right. He's not coming back in as a number one prospect. He would be coming back in years down the line as someone who's probably last on the depth chart trying to make the team. Right. Right. So, I mean. Listen, I mean, we can all second guess anybody and anything. You know, that's just it's crazy. What I would have done, what I should, what I could have done, or what he should have done. Anybody could do that. He, he he had the most, one of the most talent, talented cornerbacks in the league. Went back up and got him in the first round. To me, I would have done the same thing just based on talent. So to, to say something now about it, it's easy to play. It's easy of to course. Take, guess of course. after you know what you know now, but you didn't course. back then. And the, and the bigger question that comes to mind now is. For a secondary that already has to, needs to grow, and this is why I brought it up with uh, with Byron Williams, is that you know, and he said the same thing. You know, where we go from here on the secondary? Because I know everyone's going to throw the names out. They're going to throw Beal. They're going to throw Love. They're going to say we got McKinney. They're going to say we got uh, Holmes, who we like, obviously. But these are a lot of people who let's just talk about it for a second. The people that were here last year. The love and the deals and all these guys, they're still growing. They're not where they need to be yet. And the people like Holmes and McKinney, they're rookies. Right. You know, so let's, you know, temper the expectations. And, you know, who's going to take his spot now? Because the Giants thought they were really good in the one and the two. They thought right. they had Bradbury and Baker, who Baker played good the last four games. So they right. – he thought he turned the corner. He they kind of they kind of felt like listen, the one and two spot was great because right. Baker was good down the last four games. He was terrible the first 13 games, but go look at his statistics the last four. Very good the last four. Looked like he was turning the corner. Bradbury is against Bradbury. Oh, I know Tyrone. It doesn't matter who it is. They still got to play against him. I mean, the Giants were three and thirteen last year, and they lost to a lot of bad teams. We right. like Redskins for crying out loud. So you know, he you know he plays against who he plays. Now the Giants have holes because now you've got Bradbury, but who's the number two? And I'm really surprised that the Giants are not out there trying to trade for somebody or sign one of the vets not signed yet. I'm very surprised. Well, that might still happen, Jim. We don't know yet. I mean, how long do they got before the, the trading is done? Was it July? What is it, July? What is the trade deadline? I mean, I'm, I don't I know there is a deadline until the season until this in the middle of the season when it hits they're right hitting. so I, I don't know if they're not trying or not uh, uh, trying to get one maybe they're gonna give these guys a shot real quick and see what they can do and if it ain't working out during you know during the preseason and and the first game or so maybe then they go after a defensive back but with Beal uh love is more of uh he played cornerback but he's more slot a slot corner Beal's a big guy he's got speed he just he's hurt every year he's he got drafted as number two pick I'm in second round but uh, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the physical makeup. Mm -hmm. So 
Maybe he has a shot. This is this is his chance. Yeah, I mean, well, Tyrone's right. He says Judge said there's no starters. Well, of course, because they're all young. But Bradbury's the number one. Oh, the Bradbury's uh, Bradbury's. Bradbury's if Judge, if Judge is counting Bradbury in that conversation, well, the Giants yeah. coach just lied to you. Because I mean, Bradbury's a guarantee. They say Kawan Barkley starting. Yeah, uh, I mean, starting about with the rest of the guys, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we don't know if Baker would have been beat out Beal or not, but. It would have been nice to have that depth, regardless. And that competition you job. You have right. Baker competition, and you have Baker in case Beal gets hurt. You know, because you know, and we're rooting, of course, for Holmes to do well, and we're rooting for McKinney to do well, and we want everyone to do well. Valent Valentine, the only thing that the only person who really comes out of this smelling like roses is those guys towards the end of the depth chart, Haley's and the Valentines. Those guys now, one of them is going to be staying unless yeah. we find somebody. Yeah. Somebody new, somebody that might have been really close to being gone now has a chance to stay. Definitely got a chance. Every everybody's got a chance now. This is what they've always waited for. So let's go out and see what they can Did do. Logan Ryan sign yet? No, right? I don't think so, no. Well, I don't know why the Giants are calling Logan Ryan. I don't I don't think so. I don't think he's signed yet. But uh we still got a couple guys from last year too. I'm trying to remember the guy's name that was Bill Haley, uh Haley. Valentine. I mean you know, I mean, you know, it's just and, – and he hit it on the head when he was here too. The Giants' defense, and this is – he said it himself, Byron Williams, and that concerns me because it's how I feel already, is who is going to – who is putting pass rush on these teams for us? The Giants fans, because we're fans, we want, we want the pass rush to be handled by all question marks. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, you got to remember now, Judge was with Belichick, was one of the greatest off uh, defense coordinators of all time. He runs a different thing. He doesn't have superstars on his team. They earn their stripes there. He uses a lot of different packages. Hopefully he was paying attention because with a 3-4, which I think the Giants are going to run this year because of the depth of linebacker. Might as well. They ain't got any ends. Right, so I think that they're gonna. I think they're going to run a lot of different blitz packages at him, a lot of people standing off the ball. Trying to confuse the offense, so I, I think I think that they'll be fine. Uh, Golden's still there. He's well, yeah. He's the end of the month. We're close, but yeah. Uh, like, see, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like Tyrone says, Imes will show up, but that's the thing. We're banking on all question marks to show up. We don't have a proven guy. Let me read the secondary to you. It's thin and it's young. You got Bradbury, but after Bradbury, it's all young. Sam right. Beal. Young, can he stay healthy? That's what's important for right. Sam Beal. Right. Julian Love, I like him, but young. Corey Ballantyne, young. Darnay Holmes, rookie. Grant Haley was borderline on his way out, possibly. He was like the last man in. Chris Williamston's, Christian Angolu. None of those guys have proven yet. Though, so it's a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. I felt a lot more comfortable when I thought it when I was looking at. You know, Bradbury and Baker on the one and two and Holmes and uh, Holmes. And of course, I just lost the name. Julian Love in the slot and Beal covering, you know, when the teams go four wide, that made me feel really good. You know, but also when you look at that, even if all those guys were still there, Baker and Bradbury, Baker was here. There's not a lot if one of them goes down. There's not a lot of depth. So the yeah, not experience. I mean, we got depth. We just don't have the experience there. You know what I'm saying? We do have cornerbacks. We do. I don't have, 
consider like having six rookies depth. I consider that no, because it's not experience, you know. To, right, right. To the, and I don't get mad at them. Like last year, you know, Giants fans are getting upset every week, yelling and screaming on social media. Oh, the defense can't cover anyone. I wasn't upset because they they were rookies. They were young. What did you expect them to do? You get upset when you're if your secondary is uh, you know, like the secondary, like back when Revis was here. If you had Revis on one side and Deion Sanders on the other, and they were getting lit up, then you get upset because you're like, why are these guys who are proven products getting upset? But yeah. why get upset when you know they have to grow? And not only that, Joe, uh, Jim, under under the the Sherman, you know, Shermer coaching regime with that defensive coordinator that. I don't know what the heck they were thinking about. They have when you have young, fast defensive backs, and they're young. You're going to play a lot of press coverage. You're not going to switch off your coverages. You're not going to play different zones and have people trading off receivers. I mean, you're going to come up and get in these guys' face and try to go one on one. That's what that would would be. What your strength would be. You have young, fast, strong kids. When you get older, you can play off. You can you can switch coverages. You can roll the coverage to one side or another. You're going to ask these kids to do this was ridiculous. When Baker started improving is when they brought him up on the line of scrimmage and said, okay, go after this wide receiver and stay with him. There's no way to be, yeah. And if you're these young kids, like, you know, if you're Holmes from UCLA, and we've spoke to his father, if you're Holmes, you got to be great, excited and chomping at the bit because I'm going to tell you right now, He's not an outside guy. So, you know, if Baker's gone, Love was looking like it's either going to be Love or Beal who slides over. But if, if it's Love, let's say it's Love. And I would like to see Love go back to being, the, you know, on the outside because that's where he excelled in college. If Love goes to the outside and you're Holmes, now you've got a shot to win that starting job in the slot. Yeah. Right yeah. away. You know, yeah. so there's, there's you go out, you, you impress Coach Judge. And before you know it, you're starting in the slot. But I don't care who your corners are. Bradbury can be as good as they come. But if we don't have a pass rush, he's going to get burnt all season too because nobody can cover a wide receiver for 25 seconds. Especially the quarterbacks going back and forth and they start breaking off their patterns. I mean, listen – we're going to have to get a pass rush the, old, the a different way. We're not. We don't have no big defensive ends that can sack the quarterback. We might get pressure, but we don't sack the quarterback. We got a lot of young defensive linemen too. Just, just for just for fact, it's going to be I mean, very interesting to see what kind of schemes the defensive coaches come up with to free up the linebackers to hit the coaches. Because this team, this team needs to be sending someone after the quarterback every play. Yeah. And different angles too, Jim. And not just the same guy and not the same package. They're going to have to come at multiple blitz packages because once you start wanting one thing, one thing, they're going to pick that up. So they're going to have to come at them all different angles if they're going to be successful. Sending corners, sending safeties, sending linebackers. Don't just – anytime I see the front three being the only ones rushing the quarterback, unless it's like third and 22, I'm going to be screaming at the screen. Yeah, I cringe every time I see that. So, you know, speaking of, our good old defensive linemen and good afternoon to Al. Al joins us. Good afternoon, Al. The Giants look like they tomorrow is the deadline, but the Giants, I guess, have already announced that they were unable to come up with an extension for Leonard Williams, so he's going to play out the franchise tag and then leave. I actually think this is a good thing. I, for one, did not want to pay Leonard Williams $16 million a year. 
let Leonard Williams play on his franchise tag. You know, so you, I know you're paying him a lot this year, but it's one year. See how he adapts to the new system. Right. And if he doesn't adapt well to the new system, just let him go. Because I tell you, Gettleman, if the Giants go 5-11 and 11 this year, you're not going to be here next year anyway. So you won't have to protect your bad trade. Yeah, I mean, and, and just to think about it too, after we sign him that, we can trade him now. A lot of people don't know that. Once he signs with the Giants, he's eligible to be traded. So there might be some trade coming up, Jim, for a cornerback or, or, or for another defensive lineman or another linebacker. That gives us a little flexibility. Let me tell you, Leonard Williams, before he got there, the Giants were giving up like 122 yards in rushing. When, after he got there, it went down to 104 yards rushing. He gets pressure on the quarterback. He doesn't finish him off with sacks, but he does get pressure and moves him around a little bit. And motor, he has a great motor. He's no he doesn't put up the type of numbers that you'd expect from right. the number six overall pick in the draft. Right. Exactly. And that's that's where I was going with last. So he's not worth sixteen point one million dollars. No, he's not. But he is great against the run. His motor runs all the time, and he's a decent tackle, decent defensive tackle. He's not worth sixteen million a year. That's yeah. No, if you're going to listen, we've talked about this and you and I debate this all the time because we're on different ends of the spectrum right here when it comes to Clowney. But if you're willing to spend $60 million on somebody, I'd rather have Clowney. I, I don't think I, I just don't think Clowney's worth $16 million either. No, but I mean, if you're if you're going to throw it away at somebody, I'll give it to Clowney before I give it to Williams. It's just but one thing. But one thing, Leonard, Leonard Williams is more durable than Clowney. He plays all the time. Clowney gets hurt quite often. Clowney reaches the quarterback, though. Leonard Williams doesn't reach. Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams's reach ends at the at the line at the running back. Right. You know, good to stuff the run. That's great. But you know, but if but you know, if if you're not going to hit the quarterback, this is just my personal opinion. I'm not knocking him. I'm just going off of the stats, like anybody else. If you're going to be stopping the run and you're not going to hit the quarterback, right? Then you better stop the run like Snacks Harrison stopped the run. Right. Williams is not on Snacks Harrison's level. Snacks Harrison's gobbled up the run by himself. Well, let's 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 talk a little football for a second now. What side was what side was Golden on? He was on the right side, right? He was the right side all over the place, right? Well, mainly, 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 he was on the right outside linebacker. You know who the right tackle or right end was? Mm-hmm. Leonard Williams. So. There's something to be said about tying up two blockers so that Golden could get that sack, too. And remember, they're, they're working in unison. So Golden got ten and a half sacks, but Leonard Williams might have freed him up five of them sacks. So that, that may be working in unison, too. It, it's, it's that way when you have a three-man line and you're blitzing outside linebackers. That defensive end, not only has got to get pressure, but he's got to be able to take up a couple blockers to free up that outside linebacker. Well, that, that might be good and dandy and okay if Golden was back. But we still have two and a half weeks before he's officially a giant, and I'm still not convinced someone's not going to jump in and snatch him. It's not four point one million dollars is all they have to beat. If the Cowboys or Eagles called up and said, "Oh, let's say the Eagles don't sign Clowney, like it's being right. reported," and call up Golden and say, "Well, wait a second. Instead of paying Clowney seventeen, we offer Golden five. He's here. Bye. We lost him." But you don't think Golden would give the Giants an opportunity to? No, matter? I don't think the Giants would. I think if the Giants, if the Giants wanted to pay Golden so bad, they could have called him up and said, "Here, here, we'll up it to seven million. Sign now." I mean, I think they want him back, but I think they want him back only at that price. 
Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Jim. I, 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 I think if, if anybody came in and offered right now Golden six, seven million, I think the Giants would 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 match that off. I well, really here's agree. the thing: Do you even call them? I mean, we don't know what Golden's thinking. Are you not offended that you came somewhere, put up ten point five million dollars, ten point five sacks, and your team didn't even make you an offer? This well, I know. Offer. This is just what happens if he doesn't sign somewhere. Right. You, know, you might be a little offended by that. Possibly, but I know according to reports, Judge has been talking to Golden a lot. So yeah. I don't know if it's I don't know tampering. <laughs> I, no, he's no. That's not tampering. He's not, he's not with another team. So I know he's. I guarantee you, he's talking to Golden. And say, hey, we want you back. We respect you. Blah blah blah. But again, as you're saying, I mean, I hope he doesn't feel disrespected. He wanted to get what. 10 to 15 million, whatever he was looking for. No team Wait, offer. Wouldn't you? I mean, you just had 10 and a half sacks. This is his chance to get paid. I agree. I agree. But he, he missed out on that chance just like Clowney did. So we'll see what happens, man. I still believe the Giants will match any offer that he's offered. Well, hopefully he doesn't get one. So we know we get him. Because that's, I mean, I appreciate Judd's reaching out to the players. That shows me something because Sherman probably would have sent him Oreo cookies in a letter. But, <laughs> yeah. but at least, sure, you know, at least. Judge is reaching out to him, but at the same time, Judge, you should be on the phone with Gettleman. Like, come on, dude. Come on. You can't scrounge up another $3 million and get this guy in here so we can have somebody touch the quarterback this year? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I definitely hear you. Out on an island, and Brown makes a good point about Hill, McIntosh. I'm not worried, Al, about the Giants stopping the run. They got a lot of big bodies. Lawrence is a big dude. I'd probably yeah. have to... Honestly, I'd have to get a chainsaw and cut a bigger door in my condo to get him in here. He's a bust. I'm worried about hitting the quarterback because we don't have problems with the run. We have problems when the quarterback drops back, sets up a picnic like he's hanging out with Yogi Bear, and by the time you get to him, they throw a 90-yard pass. That's what worries me. I don't care. Made a, run. made a lot of quarterbacks look like all pros last year, Jim. We sure did. You think Dak Prescott's good? Well, look at the Giants. He looks like he's Mahomes. I mean, Lord almighty, he's got all day. So Leonard Williams, though, I'm okay with the fact that he just plays on the franchise tag. I do not want to commit to him long-term until I see it. And I don't even know if I want to commit to him long-term if he has a big year because I'm one of those people in every sport, baseball, football, hockey, it doesn't matter. I always get weary when players put up their best numbers in their walk year. To yeah. me, this feels like they gave 110% because it was a payday, but you're not good. Then you're going to sign him to a five year deal. And for four years, you get nothing. And then the fifth year, they light it up. That worries yeah. me all yeah. the time. I definitely hear that. Definitely understand that. <clears throat> so that's the latest on Leonard Williams. Just looking over what they said here. Gettleman just resigned him. Gettleman only tagged him to save his, to save his own hide. Well he, well, he traded. He traded three round, uh, uh, third round draft choice, right, and a five. But he did get. He did get a supplement draft. I think it was at three. I think we yeah, got, he got a supplement draft. It's, right. So you know, we did from that trade, but from something else. But yeah, he, right. got, you know, his thing. You know, twenty picks later, thirty picks later, he got a supplement. Hey, listen, we'll see what happens. Hope he has a great year. Yeah, it was a terrible trade. Thank you, Tyrone. It was terrible, terrible. I love you, Leonard, if you're listening, but. You got to show me something, man. Show me. I can't go 5-11 and 11 this year. No, no. Show me something, please. I don't want to listen to the Giants fans all season tear up Bradbury because he can't cover anyone when it's not his fault because the quarterback has 20 seconds to throw. You yeah, know? That's, really. 
That's very hard to do. I mean, I don't care how good you are. So, of course, and- Justin loved the trade because he's a Jet fan. He's like, ooh, ooh, free, free draft picks, free draft picks, free up. Yeah, that helped. That helped out last year them a lot. So, yeah, I bet he loves that trade. Put up another flyer picture later. All right, so the uh, another giant new. Well, let me let me pivot for one second off the Giants and talk to the, a former Giant. So I don't know if I believe like. I think if if OD if Odell Beckham was talking and I was standing right next to him and Odell Beckham and me were looking ahead and right in front of us was a pink unicorn and Odell said, look, it's a pink unicorn. I still don't know if I believe him. If I was looking at the damn thing, yeah. Odell Beckham's trying to tell us now in 2017 after his ankle injury, he considered retirement. Yeah. Let me let me read this to you. I don't, listen, listen, listen. He said, I said this in college. I fear the day that they make this game a business and not what I love. He said in a roundtable discussion that he had with Victor Cruz, Cam Newton, and Todd Gurley on Beckham's YouTube channel. So I didn't even like him had a YouTube channel. And what when I see that for the first time after breaking my ankle, I thought about not playing anymore. Like I've really started to think, is this it for me? They ruined the game of football for me a little bit. Well, for, well first of all, let's start on just that part of the article. Who ruined the game of football for you? Broke your ankle. Who ruined it? Did who did the Giants ruin your game for you? Tell me, Mac. Who ruined football for Beckham when he broke his ankle? That there was nobody that's ruined football for for Beckham in any way except himself. I mean, listen, he's a competitor. He's a great player. Um, I can't take that away from him. He's a hard worker. Um, but stuff like this, I think when he goes with stuff like this, Jim, is because he hasn't been in the media in a while. And he's got to say something. And he's got to get the headline again. I don't know why. I have no idea why this man wants to be in the media all the time discussing about retirement. I retire. I mean, why didn't you retire? I mean, he has uh, self-esteem issues. Yeah, I, I, I guess he's saying something about mental health and all this other stuff. I don't listen. I don't know how some players tick. And, and this is a, this talk about bombs. This is another bomb that, that could have went off at any time, I think. I really believe that. I think there's. He's talking about depression, and he's talking about you know. Uh, do you recall? Do you recall that that game? And I think it was against Gordon, if I'm not mistaken, where he forgot all about the game. And oh, he just, he's against Morgan. Uh, Morgan. Yeah. Right. Carolina, and he just started. Right. And he just started hit him after the play, before the play, when the play was going on. All of a sudden, he forgot all about the team. And it was all about him and this guy. And somebody like that, and I mean, it's not let's fight and get it over with. I mean, that that wasn't what it was. It was an every play thing where this became his whole concentration point during the game. I would have pulled him and sat him on the bench and and, and, and maybe suspended him for the next game. I don't know who was who was coaching at that time. I think it was I think I think it was, it was Ben McAdoo. All right, well, Ben McAdoo. Goofy wasn't suspending anybody. Oh my God! I, I didn't believe that. How do you, how do you do that to your team? And it just shows you that his mind is not working the same. That Coughlin, I think it might have been Coughlin. I'm not sure. No, Coughlin. When Odell Beckham got on the team, Coughlin stopped being a disciplinarian. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure who it was one or the other, but I I don't know what what the coach was thinking, and I don't know what I don't know what Beckham was thinking. I have no idea where he went. He just. He just forgot about everything, and he was just. Gonna you, know, you know what saddens me about Beckham is that Beckham, when he when Beckham made that catch against Dallas, 
that will forever live in history. That one hand which was brought the best catch I've ever seen. And that just like took him to another level. Beckham had an opportunity if he really played his cards right and stopped being a nut job. Nobody needed to see him attacking the, the, the kicking net. You know, back then their kicker could barely hit the net. So he doesn't need to hit the net. You know, no one needed to see that. You didn't need to be constantly in the media, smoking pot, you know, sleeping with women in Paris. Go sleep with him. You don't have to make a video of it, whatever. You know, all this other stuff. He had an opportunity to really become the king of the city. He was, you know, he could have taken that contract the Giants gave him after all he started, calmed himself down, stayed out of the media, stopped trying to be a prima donna, and he would have, for even today, he would have owned this city. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. In Giants lore forever. No doubt. He's in Cleveland where nobody cares about because nobody cares what's going on in Cleveland. I'm sorry. They don't. Uh, Cleveland has great fans, but anyway, you are live in Cleveland. You don't care about Cleveland. When you're you're in New York, you're in one of those city spotlights, no matter where you are. And, you know, he had the city on a silver platter. Yeah. He could have been bigger than Eli. Yeah. Instead, he wanted to be a drama king. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you mentioned that. What, how about when he scored a touchdown and pretended he was a dog and, and, and urinating on the end zone. I mean, and listen, that didn't even honestly bother me. Like, something. I'll tell you, you want, you know why that bothers me? And I'm gonna tell you why that bothers me. It's, be, it's because you don't have to do this. You take the ball like Jerry Rice did, like one of the greatest receivers of all time, and you hand it to the official. You take the ball like Emmett Smith did, one of the greatest running backs in football history, and you hand it to the official. If you want to spike the ball, <laughs> that's that's too, but we're gonna, this is where one will disagree. Your old school mentality. You, right. us youngins, I like the I like the celebrations. Maybe the dog one was a little over the top, but these guys are crafty. They got some good ones. And to be I, honest with you, that didn't bother me at all. What bothered me is all the side stuff he was doing when he should be focusing on football. That's what bothered me. I don't really care if he when he goes in the end zone if he does a dance or if he acts like a dog or didn't even bother me when what was it? Was it Terrell Owens that hit a cell phone in the yeah, that didn't bother me either. I mean, whatever. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying, Jim, is that's that's a little bit lower on the level of, of of how you should act. All right, and that thing, that thing with the with the cornerback is where he I left I lost all respect for him because he he forgot about the team. It was on the field. In fact, I really don't care what he does off the field. To be honest with you, I don't care what he does off the field. But when you're on the football field, you're representing your team, your brothers out there, your your city, your 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 your, your town. This is where you got to start playing and play as a team player. And it's a shame. I mean, because I feel like last year he was terrible. And you can blame it on whoever you want. I don't care. Blame the quarterback, whatever. You know, if he doesn't have a big year this year, he'll probably get moved somewhere else. And he'll wind up going somewhere eventually and having one more big year. But it'll mainly be because he gets with a good quarterback or a good system. But, you know, he's not half of what he was when he first came in the league. Because everything else has overshadowed his talent. Yeah, I mean, listen, the dude has got still, Jim, he's still one of the biggest deep threat receivers in the league. But, you know, I mean, a lot of receivers, there's a lot of great receivers that were big receiver threats that kind of whacked out a little bit and, and, and lost their lost their way. But he's still a big threat. He's still got hands. I mean, I expect he'll have a big year this year. Jamie it's, it's a shame that he didn't stay and he couldn't get himself together because, to be honest with you, Sterling Shepard's not a number one. He's not. Oh, not 
you know, and we, yeah. now we're mo we move someone to a spot that they're not supposed to be in. It's you true. Know, we, don't, we don't know what Slayton is yet. I love Slayton, but I don't count one season as a career. Let's see what Slayton does this year. You know, I so agree. and T.O. Yeah, T.O. was a diva, but every team T.O. went on, he performed. He didn't have a season like Beckham just had where he had no, you know, was barely recognizable the whole season. T.O. always put up numbers. Didn't matter where he went. Just like but he was. Close. But he was an obstruction in the locker room, Jim. He, he was but fighting he, with players he, in the locker room. Field, he performed. Beckham yeah. on the field, did you see his numbers last year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, he still he still interrupted the team. He still he still fought players. In fact, when he was there with McNabb, he was yelling at him, I think, during the Super Bowl. I mean, that's not how you act. I, no, I, I'm agreeing with Al that you put up with a little more when it leads to wins. Beckham, if, if, let me, if when Beckham was here and causing those issues, if the Giants won a Super Bowl or we're in the playoffs every year, he'd still be here. I guarantee it. Definitely. You overlook things when you win. And when T.O. was on a team, they won. He won in San Fran. He won in Dallas. He won in Philly. When right. you're on a team that's making the playoffs every year, you can get away with that stuff. That's true. You're on a that's team true. that's going 4-12 and 12 every year and 5-11, and 11, it doesn't take long to get you out. And you know what? I'm glad that he's not here now. Because I don't think Dan, I don't think Danny Dimes would survive in an atmosphere with someone like that in his ear all the time. That's true. That's true. It affects it affects a young quarterback. I mean, Eli could barely control him. Eli was around for a long time. So, yeah. and yeah. he liked Eli. He publicly has said it a million times. He still oh, says yeah. it today. He says I loved Eli. Yeah, I, think I mean that was Eli because Eli didn't say crap. Well, Eli, yeah, Eli wasn't going to scold him in front of everybody. That's for sure. No. You know, when Eli did talk to him, he probably just, you know, it was like listening to your Uncle Goober talk. To him. <laughs> I mean, it's a big difference, you know. But, you know, Danny Daniel Jones doesn't need that. He doesn't need a diva distraction at wide receiver. He needs no, not right now. Not when he's trying to take over the team. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, the two youngest people on the team, are basically the leaders. You don't yeah. really have a leader on defense, and you don't really have a leader on offense. You know, Golden yeah. hasn't been here long enough. You want to stay Sterling Shepard, but he's never kind of really st stood up to be that leader, Shepard. Yeah, he got hurt too much. I mean, he's got ability. I definitely got ability. I was at I was at a game when he was we were playing against Detroit, and I, Manning hit him for two touchdown passes. The kid is the kid can get open, and he is a good receiver. But them concussions and, and he's one concussion away from yeah, those concussions scared me, man. Yeah, he's one concussion away from being done. So, you know, they better, you know, the you better hope, you know, Slayton is good. You better hope Tate is still good. You better hope that all these that one of these rookie draft picks you brought in from all these big name colleges like LSU and Ohio State, better hope one of them works out. Yeah. We need some depth depth there too. Because the guys are not that great. So, you know, so I don't know. what I think didn't Beckham dye his hair now to get back in the news? Well, I know he he had his hair dyed for a time. He went blonde for a while. He was a redhead for a while. I mean, he does all that kind of stuff. He's, he, he he loves to have a good time. He loves to express himself, Jim. That's just by the way he is. But I don't have any. So it's yeah. kind of like a problem. You yeah. Know? So, so I saw this article today. I thought it was a pretty good article, uh, you know, written by – uh, let's see who wrote it about the um, the Giants. Uh, it was by the New York Post, and they were talking right. about three players that have really big expectations. Now, I agree with two of them, and I didn't agree with one. <clears throat> so the first one was Leonard Williams, who we already spoke about. 
You know, they, you know, a lot of pressure on him. Um, good against the run, good in pressure in the pocket, unable to seal the deal with a sack, put the franchise tag. He's his tender is worth 16.1. If he, you know, what's he going to be worth in the future? Who knows? He's the only good part about it is his durability. He's 26. He started 79 of 80 games in his career. That's really good for football. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, his pressures are between 48 and 55 every every year. So he's pretty much just a pressure guy. Uh, he's auditioning. You know, they say he's a big season for him because in, in reality, he's auditioning for the whole league. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you're, you're on a franchise tag. You walk here and he's getting paid a lot of money. If he can come up and get 12, 13 sacks this year and, and cause a couple of fumbles, there's going to be some big people. People are going to be send some big money his way. Well, that's so. the only thing the Giants have going for them with Leonard Williams is maybe, just maybe, since his Leonard Williams is going to turn 27 before his before the year's over, and then he's looking for his last big payday. Right. Maybe Leonard Williams is really motivated and has a huge year and helps the Giants win a few games that they wouldn't normally win, and then let someone else pay him, you know, yeah. Chris Jones money. Let someone That's- pay him $85 million and take that one year of great football that you get out of him because he's walking. That's why it's like baseball. I love, love when teams like when the Mets will pick someone up on a walk year who has some ability left because they'll put up big numbers. Just like I think Cespedes will put up big numbers this year so he can get one more contract. Not from the Mets, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the second but you, know, Go ahead. but you know who was excellent at at figuring out when, when a player had reached his peak and when to get rid of him is the Patriots. Because they would have some players and they would complain about the money and everything and they have a big year and and Belichick would just say see see you later to these guys and bring somebody else in. That's how good of a coaching staff he's not have. good at that. He's amazing at that. I mean, like he even knows how to do it with like 27 year olds. Yeah. Like Nate Solder had an amazing year with the Patriots in his last year. And he should have been getting a huge payday from the Patriots. And he's in his prime. And Belichick somehow like sat in his office, probably put a Yankee shirt on because the only people that God favors are the Yankees. So he probably put a Yankee shirt on. And he looked up to God and said, what do I do? And God said, even in his prime, let him go. And Nate sold their go, and now we're stuck with him. Right. I mean, he just, it's just like he can evaluate the talent and the team that well. And then all of a sudden, the next year, he's got a left tackle that's, you know, rated number one or two in the league. And it's, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. It's the, he puts the Yankee shirt on because you guys have been blessed by Jesus and it just all works out. I mean, that's what he can't do it in a Patriots shirt. He's got to do it in a different shirt. He changes his shirt. Maybe doesn't have the same hoodie, too. Like I mean, he's got. The Mets need maybe the Mets need to have all their personnel walk around the stadium with Yankee sweaters on. Yeah, you well, think that would help think better. Brody, that would wear a Yankee shirt. The second thing that he noticed, he's he, out of these three people, he said Saquon Barkley. This is the one I disagree with only because I don't think no matter what season Saquon Barkley has this year, he'll be back next year. So yeah. don't worry about it. He's not going anywhere. He just he's he's here for six seven years guaranteed. After that, it's fair game. So, well, I think I think I think he has a point, Jim. I mean, listen, Saquon Barkley, uh, 
we got to see if he gets hurt this year or not. I mean, listen, he got hurt, and he was out for four games. Still got 1,000 yards, still did his thing, but he did get hurt. And that's the biggest question in running backs when you sign a running back to a big a big contract. What happens if he comes out this year and he misses another four or five games? But running backs get hurt. Yeah, I understand that, but not not all running backs. Not not Walter Payton. Not Emmett. I mean, even Emmett Smith played with a dislocated dislocated shoulder. What I'm saying is a little different. PC kids are not like that. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see if he doesn't get hurt this year, and we're gonna have to see. And I think a lot of people think that they signed this offensive line. They drafted this big offensive line for Daniel Jones. I think they drafted it just as much for Saquon Barkley to protect oh, him. They're the two most important players on your team. I mean, right. in, in, a, in a perfect world, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are with the Giants for the next eight years. Right. So, so you know, build around him. Everybody's talking about that left tackle. We got him to protect Daniel Jones. Heck, we got that left tackle so Saquon Barkley doesn't have to make moves in the backfield to break one open. We're trying to get him going straight, straight forward to make his moves downfield. And another thing, I think it was really important that they picked up Lewis to have give him a break instead of oh, a good pickup. Yeah, instead of instead of having him play every play, I mean, he's got to get a break because you know when you play football, once you get fatigued, you're not a hundred percent, and that's when you. Get I got to give my man Gallman a few carries. That's my he's, man. Wayne, call me. Come on, air. I love you, Wayne. And we still got that young guy named Leak, and we'll see if he makes it. Hey, Wayne Gallman's gonna go somewhere else and get more snaps, and he's gonna turn out to be really good. <laughs> Allman could play. Not to sidetrack because we're going to talk about Barkley, but I just find it funny. So Justin just announced another net player got the coronavirus. So I think I finally figured this out. I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant had all the nets come over and used an aerosol can and shot coronavirus in the air. Is this so that could play, yeah, because it's just like the whole team got it somehow. So, yeah. you know, unbelievable if you're a net fan. They're holding tryouts if anyone's interested. They're holding tryouts. So Saquon Barkley, let me read to you what he wrote about this. So he's only 23. He's only 23. Like I said, perfect world. Barkley, Daniel Jones, there for the next eight years, winning some games. That's what we all want to see. All right. So let's see what he says. He says, what pressure is there on a brilliant 23-year-old who in two seasons have exhibited all class and highlights and physical, physical gifts to put him in the conversation to the best in the league? Well, the great power comes great responsibility. Barkley was phenomen a phenom as a rookie and less phenomenal in year two, largely because of a nagging high ankle sprain, which we've talked about. He never really looked the same because of his ankle, but he was still recovering. He wasn't even supposed to come back. He came right. back. He probably could have sat out the year. Just goes, you talk about playful playing with injury. Saquon Barkley, the doctor thought he was going to be out like six to eight weeks. He was out yep. for two. Um <clears throat> That is always the potential bugaboo with running backs so high in the classes. Can they stay healthy? Um, Barkley saw Christian McCaffrey set the bar at the position with an average contract of $16 million per year, the richest for a running back in history. That came after three seasons. If Barkley tears up the 2020 season, he'll be in line to set the mark um, to cash in, which is true. He's going to get paid after this year. They can't wait till after fourth year. Well, most first-round picks do wait until their fourth year, but I wouldn't. But Barkley puts a ton of pressure on himself. Too much losing has made him upset. There was too much of a burden to turn the franchise around on someone so young. His ability is unquestioned, and at times he tries too hard to be part of the solution. Until he gets more help around him, the heat is on Saquon, real or imagined. Very accurate statement. I mean, 
we have we as a team and as fans, we have a lot of pressure on Barkley. I mean, every time we want why he grabs the ball, you know, we you know, we want to see him break one. I mean, there is a lot of pressure on Barkley because he is so good. And because we do have so many question marks on the field that it's almost like we're living and dying with him. I mean, he opens up Daniel Jones to be better. If he can't go anywhere, Daniel Jones can't throw to open receivers, and it's just a mess. Yeah, but that's why we went, like I said, that's why we went got that offensive line. It wasn't just for the pass. If you see Saquon run, he runs, like I said before, a lot like Barry Sanders. That's the same style. He'll make a move on you, make three, four moves, run you over, and take off. I mean, he's got speed. He's got acceleration. He's got power. He's got everything that you would want in a running back, but he can't keep getting hit in the backfield. And he, he got stopped a lot last year in the backfield more than when he was a rookie. The offensive line looked worse last year than it did the year before. So I'm hoping with Colombo there and I'm hoping with Garrett there that they use some more triple tight ends and double tight ends and, and help support these young kids and start playing a little power football like they do with Derrick Henry when that hole opens up and he's in the in the linebackers and, and the safeties and then he's making his moves. Don't let him be making moves on a nose guard and a, a, a defensive end or a linebacker in the backfield. Two yards back, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what that's going to be a big key this year, Jim. And he hits the hole, and then he has time to make a move. He's unstoppable. He changes field even when he has nowhere to go. He's just the, the man is 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 ultra talented. He's he's at a level where he could go down as one of the greatest running backs in football history. He has that potential, but he can't have that potential if he's getting hit in the backfield all the time. I mean, he could make a make a move once in a while, turn back and go 80 yards. That's great, but he's got to have it where he can hit that that linebacker, that safety level, and make his move and run over some young little guys instead of trying to run over a 300 pounder. That's well, well, here's the thing: Garrett's got to know that the you got to run first, run, 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 run. You know, before you even worry about the pass. And I mean, I hate the cliche because I'm about to say something that any idiot can say. Obviously, if it opens up the run, Daniel Jones is going to have such better numbers. But I mean, yeah. you say for anybody, <clears throat> you know, but Daniel Jones has the talent. We just need we need teams to not be able to sit back and just guard the pass. I mean, he and, and I hope Garrett uses him a lot in the screens and get him in the open field because Barkley can catch the ball. Right. And Barkley needs to be out. If I remember correctly, Garrett loves to run screens. And so hopefully yeah. he'll run some screens and get Barkley the ball. Because Barkley, you know, if you want to pick up those little one or two yards, that's why you picked up Lewis. You right. know, Lewis, let him give him a day off, you know, a down off. But get, you know, get Barkley out of the backfield. Barkley can catch. He can do it all. Don't limit him to just being a, in the backfield. I, I didn't think that the, the first year, Barkley – I felt like I didn't feel like Barkley had a great year because of the play calling. I thought Barkley just came out and outplayed everybody. Yeah, and you, the line wasn't that good. You remember, I don't last when Sherman was there and he had a dive play and he was telling Barkley this was the play straight ahead, off guard, off center, off guard, right? And he said, "Lower your head and run." What are you talking about, man? Why don't you do it? Why don't you put a little cross block or a trap block? And let the guy Edis for crying out loud. Let the guy spring. What are you talking about? Run straight over the guard. That's not what he is. He's he's not he's not a fullback. He's not a power. He has power, but that's not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is to break it and break him off tackle, to break back against against the grain, whatever. That's his that's what he does. So when I heard Sherman do that, you say I got all how upset I got. I, I, what are you talking about, man? If that's you, not, 
if you look at it, Mac, look at if you go back and you look at Saquon's season one tapes, how many times does Saquon he didn't get all those yards because of the play calling? Look how many tackles uh, he yeah. how many people he may miss and how many people he juked around the field. That was why Saquon Barkley had a huge year. The point I'm getting at is that, and last year, he still did decent for a guy that missed a few games and played on an ankle that probably was 80% the whole season. It was right. never, you saw him cut, it was never 100%. Exactly. Imagine if you get him in a system now where they know how to use him and he doesn't have to put all that extra emphasis and effort to make things happen. He could just run with the play. Right. You know what I mean, he'll do that much better. Because Sherman, he did great with a coach who didn't know how to use him. Exactly. 100%. You know, when you brought in Lewis, let Lewis be the guy, you know, to run through the middle. If you need a yard, we got the fullback. Give it to the fullback. And he's pretty good. Up the middle. Yeah. And you know something else, Jim? You know, if we do start running – last year, I I saw Jones, and he did an incredible – besides fumbling the ball under pressure. And we had – we had had a lot of games where – because when Barkley was hurt, we were just passing – and we're worried about our defense. If you have a good running game and you can keep them guys on the field for a while and, and, and you can use your offense as a defense, you can control that clock a little bit. And instead of Barkley breaking an 80-yard run for a touchdown or a first down, you know, if you can gobble up five, six, ten yards at a time, another three here, all of a sudden the clock goes against the other team and they start becoming predictable. So hopefully Garrett uses that double tight end and uses, uses some fullback leads and has him back in the backfield. And we do a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of zone blocking, a cross blocking, a trap blocking, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Tyrone mentioned Saquon running straight in the cut. The problem with Tyrone is that he didn't have any holes to run through. You know, you get handed the ball and you run up to the line and it's squished in like this. You have no choice but to make a cut. He didn't have the line. So hopefully they'll generate plays and stuff that are not predictable because i always felt with sherman the biggest issues were is you knew what he was going to do you would be sitting at home and you'd look at the formation and you'd just be like well he's obviously going to run right there so the whole defense knew it i mean you know if we know it and we're not professional they definitely knew it no doubt no doubt you got to mix it up you can't be you can't be i'm so tired of watching these giant teams like third and two bringing in 10 linemen or whatever they bring in Everyone knows you're going to run. Play action, fake that pass, and throw throw Barkley out of the backfield. I mean, it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's going to improve a lot, Jim. And I think just the coaching alone is going to have our offense come up one more level. I have no problem with Garrett as offense coordinator. Yeah. I didn't upgrade over last year. <laughs> That's the truth. And, you know, that what, ha- what hurt was with Schirmer being the offensive co- coordinator and the head coach, he couldn't handle the game as it was unfolding. He's worried about what the next play is. And meanwhile, it's fourth and the time is running out. We're not calling a timeout. The field goal team isn't out on, on the field. I mean, he lost the whole control of the team because he was worried about what the next play was going to be. You, you, it's more important. There's not too many coaches, there are a few, that can run the game and run certain uh, a, a part of the team at the same time. Alexander says, tired of the Giants, try being a Jets fan. Listen, Alexander. I feel your pain mainly because every organization we've reached out to because we talk New York sports 
all of them have given us some sort of access or their players have reached out or we've talked to older players. The Jets won't even give us access. So try being a New York radio station that can't get the Jets to even let you talk to the secretary on the first floor for five minutes. I mean, geez. Not even the mascot. Not the mascot. Mets reporters. We could talk to ESPN reporters. We talk to anybody. But we can't even talk to the Jets' 12th string quarterback because the Jets are like so secretive. I don't even know. Yeah. You know, it's a top. It's a top secret plan they have this year, Jim, and they're not sharing it with anybody. That's just you know, the way it is. I try to. We try to get Jet people involved just for Justin. Just for Justin, we try to get it on here and there. The group don't even like you. The groups don't like you, Jim. They kick out of the, the group. Let us talk about the Jets. I go on and tell the groups we want to talk about the Jets on the show. Can you support the show? And the Jet group blocks us. They don't even want us to talk about the show in their chat room, even if we're just talking Jets. Even yeah, if we, I, if I go in there and I ask them, like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this, this, and this for this year with the Jets?" Because we're talking about it on the show tonight, they'd be like, "Don't talk about your show," and they ban you. They don't even want to hear about it. They, okay, you, you talk about tired being a Jet fan. Try being someone who's trying to get do more stuff on the Jets. Try that one for you. That's unbelievable. Hitting a scratch off. I mean. They should just move already. They should become the South Dakota Jets. Then I don't have to think about them anymore. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Hess, Hess has been running that organization for a long time. He sells his trucks at Christmas all the time. And, uh, you know, I think my father back in the 1940s bought one. I mean, that's how old the Hess family has owned the Jets. Um, I, I Listen, I did, believe it or not, I did make contact with their media website guy. And uh, he may be coming on the, on the show and, and, and later in July. Thank God. I mean, can we get Breaking some news. press coverage here, please? Breaking news. Gave me some gave me some numbers to get in contact. I don't know if they're going to contact me back or not. I already sent out a sent out a message to him. The PR department, the head of it, of, of media. Hopefully, uh, we'll see. Yeah, Woody Johnson's the owner, by the way. I know. Not the head. I know. It's you the head's truck. Head sold it a long time ago. I know. Yeah. That is, but you know, regardless, if it was the Hess truck guy, we'd probably have autographed trucks by now. At least we would have a truck. You're right. You're right. You know, but I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Like, and I don't even know if we got Jet guys on, if I could appeal to the Jets audience to come and watch, like I get the Giants because they won't let us in the groups. No, no, you're, you are not allowed. You know how many, every other sport team, when I started this show and I went around to like the Yankee channels and the Met channels and, Rangers, Islanders, Devils, and well, yeah, Giants, and all these channels, when you try to join their groups on Facebook or something, they ask you who you root for. And right. I simply said, listen, a lot of them I told the truth. I said, I'm not going to lie to you. This is my team, but I'm not going to bash your team either. I said, I want, I'm doing a New York sports show, and I want to be able to get your guys' inputs. Nobody had a problem with it. I mean, obviously the Giants let me in, the Mets let me in because that's my team. The Rangers fans let me in. They don't care that I like the Flyers because I don't go on their board and talk about the Flyers. And right, I don't right. go on their board and trash the Rangers. I just go – the only time I ever go on their board is if I either want to share an article one of our Ranger guys wrote or I want to talk to them to get their opinion on the Rangers in a positive way. Same with the Devils, same with the Islanders. I'm in all the groups. Every single group let me in. The right. only groups that kick me out is the Jets. Sure. The Jets are like trying to get into the damn FBI building. Like you just can't do it. I even lied on one of them and said I was a Jet fan, which I don't do. I like to tell the truth. And they sussed me out. 
They looked at my pictures and found a giant. They checked me out. And they, that was it. Investigation time, yeah. I went on there, and my my grandfather was a Mets fan and a Jets fan. I, I went in there, I posted Joe Namath pictures, and I got hundreds and hundreds of likes. Emerson Boozer, hundreds and hundreds of likes. Uh, the, the, the sack exchange, hundreds and hundreds of likes. And then I put one thing in, hey, we're big guys show. Sports show is talking about the Jets, you know, their roster. See, I was gone. To Carl from the sports hit list just said those groups won't let him post. Well, Carl, you're in a worse situation because you're a global sports show. We're strictly New York. So all the New York groups let us post. They all let us post. But I only post in those groups when it's about their team. Like if I'm doing a if I'm doing a Met show and I have a Met guest coming on, like a beat writer, I don't post that in the Yankee groups. And if right. I'm doing a Yankee show, I post in the group. But we're a New York sports show. They're probably afraid you're going to go in there and start posting stuff about the Cowboys and the Eagles and the, the St. Louis, the Rams and all this. They don't want to hear all that. They're not, they're not going to let you do that. You know, they're not, they're not, they're too, you know, me, I don't go in there and post. I don't ever share my video in a group unless the show we're doing that night is about their team. If it's right. not, I don't post in there. And there are there are just groups that just they just support us totally. I mean, there right. are groups, great groups. I mean, oh to give it up to uh, the virtual Giants group, Rome by Rome has been yeah. so great to us. Yankees Daily has been great. New York Yankees first, realistic blue shirts, realistic Mets, uh, realistic Devil group, Devils all day and night. The New York yeah. Islanders group, um, all the Giants group, Giants fans like. All the Giants groups, even um, all the Islander groups, the Devils. I mean, like we're in I Am Ranger Nation. We're in True Mets fans, New York Mets fans. Right. Like seven Yankee groups, seven Met groups, like seven Giant groups. There's less hockey groups, you know, three Devils, a couple Islanders, three or four. All Knicks, Knicks Nation, Nets Nation, the Nets, Knicks. All of them very supportive. The MLS groups will let me post the soccer articles. Yeah. Only groups I've ever had trouble with is the Jets. The Jets yeah. are like united front for the CIA. You are not allowed. It's, it is crazy. I mean, I even post in Hot Ham Sports. It has nothing to do with New York. They let us on it. He said, "Go be, go join the New York Jet Zone." I'm going to write that down. He said he's an. Ad. All right, we'll see, Justin. I'll see. I'll believe it when I see it, Justin. I don't know. Hey. Trust I me, don't know. CIA. You aren't getting. They, are. they yeah. got like a. There's an electric fence around their their headquarters. They have like two houses in a condo area. It has electric fence with guards, and you know anybody that's wearing a different hat. In fact, they want to make sure it's your hat. They will call the store that they, you have brought that hat from. Make sure it's not a fake. I told you. Send me Jets stuff that I don't have to pay for. I'll put it on. Send me a jet yeah. for free. I'll wear it. I'm not, you know. Is what it is. I mean, I'm just telling you that's a hard nut to crack. So anyway, the last person on the list, and this is the one I agree with the most, because I'm not worried about Barkley because Barkley is going to be a giant for a long time. And I'm not worried about Leonard Williams because I think Leonard Williams will be gone after this year, no matter what kind of year he has. This is the most important player on the list. Sam Beal. Sam Beal is critical now that DeAndre Baker, another young guy. That's the Giants have a lot of young guys, which I like. Get all the vets gone. Go play. Go play in Oakland. Gruden loves vets. Go play in Oakland. Right. 
But go play for the right. Jets. We won't be able to talk about you anyway, so it won't be matter how bad you are. So he is a big step for us. You know, with Baker going to be gone, he's tall, he's rangy, Beal has speed. It's time for him to show up. The Giants, you remember, they took a they took a chance on him. You know, they had a second grade on Beal, second round grade on Beal when they took him in the third round of the supplemental draft. You know, he's got to step up. You know, we need him to step up. And I just want to say before you mention Ruben, we love you, Ruben. See, I want Jet fans because I want to bring Jet guests on, but I want someone to want to listen to him. You know, the Giant right. fans are cranky. They don't want to talk, you know. So, Ruben, we're glad. You probably found us before, you know, they figured out who we like, even though I talk positive about the Jets all the time. But anyway, Beal is critical, man. Beal had starting – cornerback talent before injuries robbed him of what's going on that's it i mean the durability is not there right now first first two years been hurt both years out for the season hurt both years i mean so he's he's built a lot like sherman he's he's tall he's lanky he's supposed to be faster than sherman and we'll see this is a chance of a lifetime for this guy right here this is your chance this is what you've been playing for you've been working for all your life you have an opportunity to be a starting cornerback in the nfl and if he doesn't come through this year I don't know when he's going to come through. We still oh, got yeah, that job's wide open right now. Yeah. And, and Beal and Love, I know he's not committing to anyone, but if you're being realistic, Beal and Love are the favorites. I mean, he's got a chance to come on and snatch that job for good. You would think so. I mean, him, Valentine has an outside shot. Of course, we got Holmes, but I think you're right, man. I think if 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 Beal's this is his chance, this is this is his big chance to do something. And if he don't do it this year. I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think every will, Jim. I don't. Think I, I would love to see Holmes in the slot. Honestly, slow. He's so good. He's so fast. I would love to see Holmes starting in the slot. You know, but the problem is, is you have some good players. I mean, if Beal stays healthy, he's either going to be this other starting corner or the slot or Love, one or the other. So Haley's yeah. kind of like the fourth guy right now. But the, I mean, not Haley. Holmes is the fourth guy right now. But that's still a respectable position to be in. No doubt. I, I think Holmes is fast enough to cover them good wide receivers. Oh, he, but I think, he's not. I don't know if he's got the size on the outside. That's, that's the question. And, but in the slot, there's a lot of quick receivers. He has a quickness and he has a size to play slot receiver. So, and you know something, Haley, Haley had some good games. He wasn't great, but he had some good games and he's still a young kid. So, Haley's, I mean, Haley's the one who benefited the most, I think, from, from, uh, from the Baker situation because Haley was on like on the bubble. They right. weren't. He looked like that guy who you don't know if he's going to make the team. You right, know? and he's, that should open up this roster. This should open him up to being on the team. Anyway, I agree with Tyrone. I like Beal on the outside. I like yeah. Love on the outside, but I'm okay having Love. Love performed well in college on the outside. So yeah. last year he was down a little bit because they put him in lot in the slot. But I like. You know, I like Beal's size. I like Beal's speed. I like him on the outside. I like Love on the outside too with Bradbury, and I like Holmes in the slot. And well, you figure Love played Love played safety for us last year too, Joe. I mean, he played when, when Peppers went down. He, he did a cap. He yeah, he, he did a good job at as a safety. So he's he's the kind of guy that can fill in in a lot of places. I don't know if you want to lose that or not put him at cornerback. Hopefully Beal steps up and does his thing. You know, Doug is here, a Redskin fan. I never got a chance to ask Doug because I hadn't seen him in a while. Doug, what's your fate? Tell us, what is your favorite pick for the new name? Warriors, <laughs> Red Tails, let me get a name from you. Let's see what he likes. So, you I, know, I, yeah, I'm, 
I'm mad that Doug missed our, you know, let me give Doug some breaking Redskin news. The team that we said is going to finish with the worst record in the NFL. It keeps getting worse for them. Wide receiver, wide re- Washington wide receiver, Kelvin Harmon, who had a decent rookie year last year. He's out for the year. He tears his ACL wow. in training camp. The rookie who had wow. catches, he had 30 catches for 365 yards, as in 12.2 yards perception. He started in eight games. He was strong at times for them. He was going to be there, you know, going along with they got Sims and McLaren, and they liked Harmon. He's very young, talented, and he's out for the year. As even Doug said, that's a big loss. When it rains, now, it pours in Washington. The only thing I don't like about the red tails, it sounds like a deer to me. Right? Isn't there like a white-tailed deer or something? It sounds like a deer. That's that's not very. That's not a very manly. manly I'm tell you that I looked at the the prospective jerseys. That I don't know if these were a real prototype. They look sharp. I'm saying, yeah, I'm done. I, I, I'm okay. I don't know. The, the Warriors are owned, but they the they read that real estate guy bought the Warriors name. I right. thought the Redskins. I'd sue the crap out of that guy. That's collusion. That's something. He's breaking the law somehow. I don't know. Of course he's breaking the law. No, he's smarter than the law. That's all he is right now. I, I mean, I, I I, tell you, I like formerly the Redskins as a name without the head thing. You know, you could like put a Redskins gone. You could put like an X on there. You know? Did the Red Tails get bought by that guy also? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But anyway, the that's a big loss for the Redskins. Calvin Harmon, a good young talent, and now he's gone. In fact, so, he, one he, one Person that Haskins, who's not that good anyway, has to throw to. Well, he, Haskins ain't starting. We both know that Haskins ain't starting. The Redskins will have found their future quarterback, Doug, because I'm told Mac the other day. I don't think you were here. Kyle Allen is the goods. Hey, I told you when they when they brought him over. That's the starting. Oh, but you said Kyle Allen would win the job halfway through the season and then get replaced by the Clemson guy. I said. Kyle Allen's going to win the job, and he's going to keep the job. Uh, that's true. You did say that. You yeah. did say that. But I, I, I don't know about that. But anyway. That's we'll, we'll, but, we're, we'll, but I'm on the red tails. I'm on the red tails, Doug. That just doesn't sound like a football team, does it? It's like the Doves or something. The Washington Doves. had a name for him, and nobody liked it. So <laughs> I had the Washington Bottom Feeders, and nobody wanted that name. <laughs> that one? A picture of a fish or something? That would have been pretty. Basement, where they're usually oh. are in the standings. Oh, yeah, that would be. That would be pretty. That's mean. I love you, Doug. All right. So anyway, the um, let's talk about this. is interesting. I don't know if you saw this. I don't even know how I feel about this because I feel like I feel like we need our players to win. So this is like kind of threw me. So the New Jersey governor. Now I live in New Jersey, so I'm allowed to say this. So I'm going to say it on the air. The New Jersey governor is an ass anyway, and I can say that because I live here. If you don't live here, you can't really say that. Justin lives in New Jersey, so maybe he can call him an ass if he wants to. Um, you know, but that's common. If you live in New Jersey and New York, most mayors and governors between the two are pretty bad. So anyway, the governor, this is this I want to, so in the state of New Jersey, you cannot eat inside a restaurant. Right. But I have good news. If you are a giant or a jet, you do not have to quarantine before coming to training camp. Right. So I don't understand. Explain it to me why the Giants and Jets do not need to quarantine before coming to camp. Are we trying to play with replacement players? Because they that new, now, now that's the New Jersey governor just said that, right? Here's what it says. 
Giants and Jets players traveling to New Jersey. Right. We have a law in New Jersey now where anyone who travels here has to quarantine for four. That's years. almost all over the place. Right. But don't come to Jersey from Connecticut because we're putting you in a bubble. So anyway, the, the Giants and Jets players will not be subject to the state's new rule requiring visitors from certain states, only certain states, with large numbers to quarantine for 14 days. He right. said that NFL players qualify under the carve-out for essential travel with team training camps set to begin July 28th. Without having putting this in stone, I'm sure we'd probably want to do one and more than one test for the virus when they got here. He said this on Sirius XM NFL radio. So basically what he's saying is, is that we're going to test you and then you'll quarantine if you're right, but we're not going to, we're not going to quarantine you first. Right. And, and because they're more important than the small business and the business owners in Jersey and the, and the customers in Jersey, I would expect, right. That's, that would have to be his, his, his way of thinking there. But you remember now Cuomo said the same thing. And mm -hmm. I think that if he didn't go along with Cuomo, the Giants and Jets might be having spring training in New York right now. At some they can't. Some they can't. So Where I, they go? They don't have a spring training. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just saying. I think maybe they would have maybe gone to a college. Have, maybe the Jets spring train usually in New York anyway. Right. So if Cuomo says That's they don't have to sell, if the if the if Cuomo says you don't have to self quarantine before you get here or when you arrive. Maybe Jersey's just saying, well, if I, we do this, maybe the Giants go up to uh, upper state New York and, and practice too. So I, I think there was a lot to do with Cuomo coming out and saying that first. But as you can tell, like all governors, they're more concerned about the sports teams and the richer people than the regular people that are out there breaking their homes trying to make a living. Well, we'll talk about that if we ever have a big guy sports political show. We can talk how the New Jersey governor just announced to make up for all the money they're giving out in unemployment. They're going to raise the taxes, which are already like the highest in the country almost. So we'll talk about that. I'll be, I'll be broadcasting soon from a box. When I, <laughs> when I can't afford the taxes anymore on my condo, I'm going to have to go find a nice place with good Wi-Fi like a Starbucks and build a box outside and connect to their Wi-Fi so I can do the show. Before I you know, I can, I can do that string can string thing. I used to be really good at making that when you talk through the can to the other. I come to that. New Jersey, they're uh, already on. So right. they're going to raise them. So. You know, I, I guess it's not that bad of a thing if they're going to test them before they could come to camp. Right. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, we could be Florida. Florida's breaking records on a daily basis with coronavirus cases, and Disney World says, "Oh, we're opening." So I mean, that's right. You know, could be hey, worse. listen, bring everybody in. Let's go. So you know, they're going to test them out, and then they're going to go from there. I guess that doesn't bother you too much, does it? I don't know. I don't live in New Jersey. Guys can do whatever you want. Well, I mean, from a team player standpoint, I know you don't live in New Jersey. I mean, listen, aren't they doing that with baseball right now? They're they're allowing them to travel, and then they're they're uh, testing them when they get there. Isn't that the policy right I mean, now? There, baseball, they're testing every two days. Right, but I mean, getting to the the when they went to the preseason, when they went to their camps, I think they would test them as soon as they came in, and if something happened, they self quarantine them. Right away. Well, typically, if they if they don't leave, you would think they they shouldn't get infected. If they get, right. if everyone that comes in gets tested and then they all stay, then, you know, how could you get it? You got people coming in and out of the stadium. They're going to be there. They're not supposed to be. 
you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have people walking right now. They have the press is right now is in Met Stadium. They're going in even though they're tested. But they're not even, allowed to get anywhere near the players. I don't know the setup. We're gonna find that all out. I would imagine they're they're able to do some interviews. We'll find out, Jim. Maybe they got to wear a mask or whatever precautions they're taking. We'll definitely ask uh, Rich next week. Yeah, we'll talk to him. You know, and see what he's need, what he's got to say about what kind of what kind of access they've given him inside City Field. Right, and and I, like I said, he's supposed to, he might be there from the stadium, so we'll see if he is conducting interviews, who he's talking to, and how they're doing that. Absolutely, why not? Why not? So you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, New Jersey does everything backward. Let's see. It says uh, that's the minimum standard, and it's the same in Connecticut where you live and New York. Yeah. So even I mean, we're, we're not letting people, you know. Oh, that's almost everywhere. I remember everybody in the beginning all went down to Florida because Connecticut got so tight with their laws and Florida was wide open. And uh, yeah, it's going to come around and bite you. You know, that's just the way it is. Man. So. Yeah, it's the world we live in right now. We need a vaccine. So it sure is. let's look at some other news. I told you already about Chris Jones, big signing right. uh, the Chiefs. So he got paid. So Chiefs lot, you know, listen couple years from now they might not have any wide receivers they might not have any cornerbacks but they got a really good defensive end tackle and they got a really good quarterback that's right that's going to be interesting to see how general managers handle these salaries uh and build a team around them i mean i know a lot of teams that had great quarterbacks and didn't go to the super bowl because or didn't win the super bowl because they didn't have the supporting cast. So, I mean, John Elway, when he first went, Jim, and he went them three Super Bowls, it was all basically him and some receivers. And Denver got killed every time they went to the Super Bowl. Buffalo was the same way. I mean, Buffalo had some really talent on offense, but not a great defense besides Bruce Smith. So, I mean, they're going to have to make a lot of decisions. What is it going to be the Patriots way who has a lot of good players and not as much talent and not a big payroll, but they're a great team? Or is it going to be a team with a high-paid quarterback, high-paid receiver, and a high-paid high another position player? Are those the teams that are going to win? Well, we're going to find out. I got some other NFL news for you. So the Eagles brought back Jason Peters, the, who was once one of the best uh, offensive tackles and uh, guards in the league. They brought him back for six year, six million dollar one year deal with three million in guarantees. He's going to take the place of Brandon Brooks, who got hurt. They're all pro guard. So Peters is back. Uh, he's one of the best left tackles in his prime. I don't know how much he's got left now. He's thirty eight years old. He's going to move from tackle to guard. So right, we'll see. I mean, better than yeah. I guess a rookie. So he'll be back with Philly this year. Let's see what else we got going on. So the other thing. Uh, there's a, they did this little article I saw the other day on the 101 free agents, right? And they were saying they were saying who's left, right? So from the offseason, they had rated all the free agents and who was, you know, who was let who's signed and who hasn't signed. So a lot of them obviously signed. Number three on the list was J, J, uh, Jadavian Clowney, who is not signed yet. You know. So he's not signed yet. Let me see who else is next. So Breeze, Corey Littleton. There's a lot of them signed. Are you surprised that that Jake Conklin is not signed yet? Uh, listen, uh, every team. Oh wait, he is signed. I'm sorry, he is signed. All right, I missed some. Right, 
Right. You, but, signed, well, you signed with the Browns. I, I missed that link. But, so. but, you know, Jim, you're going to go through these things, and it's all going to be teams' needs versus what the worth is, man. When you're making – when you're signing any de- any player, I mean, like you said, we would love to have right now a defensive back, an experienced defensive back that's that's been playing the game and is a, is a good back. But is it really worth the price and the contract of, of what he can do that year to support us? I mean, that's a big decision that every team makes every year, and especially this year with everything up in there, with no preseason, with no with no preseason games, no uh, uh, full camps right now. You're not going to be able to evaluate players like you did uh, in past years. So, I mean, these are a lot of important decisions. Well, one of the shocking people that I'm surprised is not signed yet, only because I think he would fill a need for the Giants, is Everson Griffin from Minnesota. He had a huge year last year, and he so much so that he voided his contract, which was in his within his rights with Minnesota. That would have paid him ten million dollars this year, and he's still not signed. So he wanted more money then, right? So that's well, another one option to to get out of his contract, and he took it. And now now he doesn't have a job yet. But I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, he would have been a good pick with the Giants. But oh, definitely, he would have been an excellent defensive lineman to, to to get. And speaking of that uh, defensive lineman, guess who's uh, whose uh, birthday it is today. Ooh, give me a hint. He played for the Giants. He was a, he's a Hall of Fame of the year. Oh, my God. I, I, it's, it was during the 50s, early 60s. Oh, well, you know I'm not going to know that. It wasn't boring. He also, well, you, you should know this guy. He's a Hall of Famer. He also played for the Rams in the Fearsome Forcer. He was an actor. He was a singer. He was a bodyguard for Bobby Kennedy. This well, is I know it ain't Howie Long. So <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, this guy, this guy was a minister. I mean, he did everything that you could do, but he was one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time on the Giants' defense. Huh? No, you should know if you're a Giant fan, you got to know this guy. Al says Greer was it Greer? Right, Rosie Greer, man, and he was a bodyguard <laughs> when Robert Kennedy got assassinated. He was his bodyguard. He was right there. Yeah, he was right there in the room when he got shot. So, I mean, he was his bodyguard for, for a long time when he was running. But uh, also had a hit single. He said he had a hit single. He was uh, he was an actor. He was in a, in a few shows. But this guy was, was, was unbelievable. needle point, too. Make fun of him. And nobody made fun of that man. That man, at that even back then, he was like, I don't know, 275, 280. He was a big guy. I have no idea what the hell's going on anymore around here. So, so with that said... Good show today. Again, I can't thank Byron Williams enough for coming on. I mean, that was an excellent. We're gonna get him on when we get real close to Giants season and talk about. He said the Giants were going to the playoffs. Nine and seven. He agreed with me. He agreed with me. Better than nine and seven. He said they're going to the playoffs. He's a giant. He's a giant. He's he's a little biased, but guess what? He knows football. He knows what it takes to build a team. He was there with Parcells, so maybe he knows something we don't. You know, I'm gonna get in contact with him. And, and maybe when, when we get closer, as you said, maybe he can grow, create the receiver core for us. You know, stuff like that, you know. That would well, be really fun. Tomorrow night, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what Alexander would like us to talk about. He's asking us to look at the uh, – the, I saw an article on it today, the 2021 upcoming free agent uh, free agent class for running backs. The, right. the good class. It's a very yes. good class with Henry Fournette. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. If you need a running back next year, whew, they're going to be out. Be unbelievable. It's like a smorgasbord. Yes. You know, and the Redskins need a running back. So they'll the Redskins. I mean, really do. Because I think I was just thinking about the NFC East. The Giants have Barkley. 
The Eagles have Sanders, who was with yeah. Barkley at Penn State. He's really good. And the Cowboys yeah, yeah. have Zeke. The only team right. that doesn't really have a star running back in the East is the Redskins because the only thing they got really is Geis and is Peterson might still be there. He's on the downswing. I could see the Redskins popping money on one of those guys. But we can I tell definitely, I, yeah. definitely agree with you there. And uh, this day in history, Jim, we'll be running this pretty soon all the time. But this day in history. Tell me something today in history when I was alive. We can't do it when you're alive. That's a short period. Yeah. But in 1951 was the first color telecast of a sports event. It was a horse race. But the first color one. I mean, before that, it's all black and white, guys. Was it so, the- you know. No, it doesn't, it didn't even give me that. It just said it was a horse race. So I don't think it was a big horse. It's in color. In color. You could actually see the color of the horse. Isn't that interesting? Today it's not interesting. It's Back then it was brown and gray and yeah, yeah right man. You know, so so I I know some people out there are old enough to remember this, and I barely remember this. But our I had a, I had black and white TV when I was a kid, and they would have a, a little film you would put over the TV, mm-hmm. and the bottom of it would be green, the middle would be white, and the top would be blue. So no matter what you were watching, because that was grass, air, sky. That's that was the color TV at the time, man. So oh, I things have changed so much. I've man. never had a color TV, so I, don't, I mean a black and white TV. So I don't know. Oh, you're missing, man. Oh, I know. But what? All right. So for this week, you know, first of all, if I haven't said this already, most of the people I keep commenting know this already. But if you don't like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Big Guy Sports Network, you could see we get guests all the time. We got boxers, we got promoters, we got football, we got insiders coming. We got people who work for other stations that are willing to come talk to us that, you know, the more bigger we get, the more people we can get. It's that simple. It's that simple. You want us to be able to talk to people like Pete Alonzo or Aaron Judge or people like that, the bigger the audience, the bigger people. So if you have a chance, you know, get on with us because if we talk to them, it's personal and we'll ask your questions. If they go on, uh, you know, the Yes Network or SNY or ESPN, they're not letting you get your questions in, but we will because we're yeah. network the fans. So the more the more, more follow yeah, the, the more, more followers, bigger the names. Yes, yes. So you be able to ask Aaron Judge a question. You want to be that'll actually get to him. This is the place to do it. So you know, if you have Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, like us at the Big Guy Sports, please. We have, a, we have a website. If you like to read sports articles, I have about seven or eight guys writing articles. Every two days, our website gets three or four new articles. If they're on thebigguysports.com. The rest of this week, we got heavyweight cha- ex-heavyweight champ coming on tomorrow. He will be on for us. We're on tomorrow, five to seven. Uh, we have ex-heavyweight champ, so we're going to talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the running backs. Um, we're on five to seven. And then, of course, you guys know on the weekends, we have the baseball show on Saturday and then the football show on Sunday and, next week. And, and, Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And that's Mike Weaver. You guys remember Mike Weaver uh, beat big John Tate for the heavyweight champion of the world. We'll talk about a couple of fights. He didn't have that. He was lined up. to get uh, Muhammad Ali is the name we're going to throw out there tomorrow. Adam. So, All right. so, I mean, he, that's good stuff. I mean, you got, you know, we got to find the box, you know, boxing is coming back slowly. You know? So uh, next week we got baseball season start. So we're going to have a Mets beat writer on. We're going to try to have our Yankees insider on next week. Got the baseball season. We are now officially one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days away. Right. Opening. And there's baseball on soon because I think some of the channels are going to cover the uh, exhibition games, hopefully. 
Yep. yep. I'm hoping DeGrom throws at Judge or something, you know, but we'll see what happens. So anyway, so we got that coming on. And then the following week, before you know it, you're going to blink and hockey and basketball are going to be starting. Right. Right. Well, this is yeah. Basketball players can stop whining like children long enough to get on the court. But I know hockey's coming back. So. They don't care. They don't, hockey don't care. They're coming. They don't care. Hockey doesn't care. And tonight, that's right, Alexander, NYCFC, MLS soccer. If NYCFC does not win tonight, they're not advancing in the tournament. So, But the Red Bulls, the other New York MLS team, is still alive and well and kicking. There you go. Got a root for New York. New York CFC is up against it tonight. I'm just telling you, they're out of chances. Got to win. Does, does the Red Bulls, do they sponsor the New York Red Bulls? That's all I don't know. Like that's how they got the name. Okay, just wondering. I don't know how it works over there in soccer. I'm just checking right now. I'm trying to get caught up. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. Got to have a sponsor. Sponsor helps pay some bills. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Snyder, Snyder found that out, huh? Yeah. There you go. And I'll touch at the end of the note. I don't know if you saw this. We got a couple minutes left really quick. I only got two minutes, so we'll touch base on this more tomorrow. But the New York Mets have now entered round two of the bidding. So in round round one, they had seven people approved. It's down to four. Steve Cohen, the A-Rod group, the Devils group, and a mystery group that hasn't been announced. Uh, The A-Rod group, not us. If it was us, trust me, I wouldn't be here right now. Group uh, supposedly Got supposedly did not bid 1.7 million. We'll talk about this tomorrow. They actually bid just about what Steve Cohen did, two million, because they've got like nine former players involved. They got Travis Kelsey, DeMarco Murray. They got all these players. Like I don't know right. if the Mets, if the A Rod Group wins, the Mets will have like 34 owners. Right, and they'll all have be able to get one of them on. I mean, they'll, they'll all be in the front row. They won't be in the front row. They'll be, be able to sit. There you uh, go. The uh, and I don't know who the fourth group is. All I know is I don't want the devil group. I so I so know that the devil group is cheap because they say that the devil group is they own the Eagles and that they own the 76ers and the Devils. They right. go around and purposely buy teams that are dirt deep, dirt cheap, which means they just want teams that they could try to make a buck off of. They're not interested in building a team. I don't even know the fourth who the fourth team is. The fourth team could be Elmer Fudd and Big Bird. And I still I, want the fourth team more than I want the devil. I told you I wanted to make a bid on that, Jim. I had two hundred dollars in savings last week, and we could have made a good. Hey, Rod, could take you for a partner if that two hundred dollars will put him over the I'll, I'll, I'll contact him. I'll contact. So, but we're out of time because we got uh, they, another. They got down to the wire coming up on their network. So we are out of time. We have run out of time. We have hit the limit today. But we'll be back five to seven tomorrow. We're going to talk Mets. We're going to talk. We're going to start the show off with the boxing. Right. Have him come in. He's coming in at five o'clock and we're going to talk Mets and we'll get to the bottom of this bidding and I'll vent some more on the league and their crap. They're trying to pull with Cohen, which you want to hear that because I get worked up. Talk Mets, talk a little Yankees. We'll talk a little hockey. We just sprinkle it all in. Whatever. Great. And again, thanks to Byron Williams for coming in. It was a great interview. It was a blast. Yep. Check it out. We're going to, we'll put it up on the website in in 24 hours once I get it cut and ready to go. So you guys have a good night and we'll talk to you soon. Take care guys. You're, you're, You're listening to the worldwide sports radio network.